Corrie Companions, I am Michael. I'm Gemma. And we are doing a Coronation Street podcast just for you this evening. It is uh, it's the 16th of July today and we're going to be talking about Corrie between the 12th and the 16th of July, aka this week. We're back to our normal Friday schedule, Gemma. How does it feel? <sighs> I don't know. You happy? Tired. A bit tired. Yeah, we got, we've been through a whole week, haven't we? And we, we've got to yeah, pull out all the stops for our A-game podcastingness. Whereas before we could, like for the last four months, we've been doing it on Tuesday evenings. That has been late. It's, um, I mean, I don't know. I do, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we're, we're sticking with this now. I'm not going to moan about it because we've been really? moaning enough about the old one. I'm happy to be doing it this way. I've enjoyed spacing out my Coronation Street watching this week and I've been enjoying doing a little bit of live tweeting as it's gone I as like well. I like doing it like that. I feel like a sense of community when everybody's watching it all together and you really, really do not get that with television almost anything else apart from a live sporting event or similar kind of reality TV show stuff. Live sporting events? Who watches that? Never heard of it. <laughs> Don't mention live sporting events. It's too tragic for the people of this country. We'll win the Olympics. Will we? Yeah, we're going to win that the, the whole plan thing. Now? Yeah. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's because we can enough. team up with the... We can team up with... Um, the rest of the country. Rest, rest of Great Britain. <laughs> and um, instead of them cheering when we lose at something, we can all commiserate together anyway, anyway it was an exciting evening on sunday night wasn't it i was event. i was there on my switch while you were all watching the football and um we don't really want to talk about it too much okay. but we'll say we had a really nice day we went to my friend's house in, in sussex and we had a um oh, christmas yes. dinner um and we had very nice i bought some we had a nice summer christmas didn't we, we because did. we couldn't do it properly we weren't no. allowed it was illegal it was illegal in december and we got to watch a, an air show from Goodwood in the in the P, nearby pea field, um, and Tom Cruise was there. And then Tom Cruise was also at the football match. He's in all the, over this. Apparently, uh, I've seen like, him scrolling down the cobbles. He's all, all over the place, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Like a rash. Do right. you want to do a quiz? No, I don't want to do a quiz yet, because what I haven't mentioned yet is about our new release schedule, even though I said we're back to the normal one, it is actually slightly different, isn't it? Because we've got our bonus podcasts that are going on, um, that, that are coming out midweek now. This is a new trial that we're doing. Yeah? Okay. What do you mean? Like, I'm not telling you. I thought you might, you know, launch on and, and take it from there. I'll, I'll explain. So as you, I'm sure you may know, listeners, our bonus podcast for this week came out on Tuesday night. And it was our discussion of the second half of the 1990s. That, um, and we actually recorded that back in the end of June, but we've been putting off um, releasing it for various reasons. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the plan now, rather than bombarding you with like five or six hours of listening entertainment... Um, is to spread the quality out over two weeks rather than just, not over two weeks, over the week. So it's not all coming out on Saturday. There'll be the main Street Talk podcast coming out on Saturdays with the news, the feedback and all that. But the bonus podcast is going to be midweek and we can't promise which day it's going to be on each week either. It might be Tuesday, it might be Wednesday, it might be Thursday or Monday or Friday. I don't really know. It all depends on our schedules. Anything yeah, to add to no. that? No, no, no. Do you want to do a quiz? Have you got to say this week? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, do you want to do a quiz? Hopefully it'll be fine. Hope you don't mind it too much. Hope you like it. Gemma wants to do a quiz, so let's do a quiz. Wait, I mean, yeah, okay. 12th and the 16th of July in years ending in 1 and a 6 from coronationstreet.fandom.com. 
Thank you very much. The fandom changed their font this week, didn't they? You logged on to there for, and it was a big surprise. Me. It looks different on Coropedia now. Yeah. I don't know whether I like it. Don't like it's not change fault. in any sort. No, of keep everything fashion. always the same apart from our release schedule of podcasts, which is genius idea. <laughs> Question okay. number one. Twelfth of July in nineteen sixty one, Doreen Lowstock yes. begins working for Leonard Swindley in his shop, yeah. which has what name? Oh, Oh my gosh, I should know this one, shouldn't I? What was the drapers called? Gosh, I can't remember. I it's gone out of my head. Sundley's drapery. <laughs> um, Are you going to tell me an answer? No, I'm... Oh, go on. Swindley's draperies. Zero. I said that, I said that. I literally said that. You no, should have jumped in and said yes. Count. No, I said that is oh. not how a quiz works. You don't just write down answers in an exam until like a man comes and says, you've done enough, A star. Oh, that's no, half a point. You need to, no, you need to have the courage of your convictions and tell me the correct answer. 12th of July, 1976. Hilda's Muriel is put up. What does it depict? Aha. Uh-huh. See, question. Which one came first? Exactly. Some people might not even realise that there was more than one Muriel. It was a mountain scene. I want to to, more specific. (laughs) Because it doesn't just depict any old mountain range. There was, was, the the characters I remember were arguing about that. Like somebody said it was the Rockies and somebody said it was the Alps or something. I'm going to say it was an Alpine mountain scene. Oh, you should have said Rockies. Oh, what? Canadian Rockies. Man, so that's two Dutch points that I really should have got then. And I'm on double zero at the moment. 12th of July, 1991. What does Jackie threaten Mike with? What, yeah? On the 12th of July, 1991. Yes. What does she... A shotgun. Yes, a loaded shotgun. Yeah. 12th of July, 1996. What does Alf tell Audrey will be the new name of Coronation Street? Oh, I think it's like Alf Roberts Place or Alfred Roberts Place. I would like a final answer. Oh, come on, come on. I need to commit to one or the other. (sighs) Alf Roberts Place. Zero. No, what was it, Alfred? Alfred Roberts Place. This isn't fair. You're just... No, this is, this is how it should have been all along. Oh, no, 13th I'm of not July, enjoying this. 2016, Kylie picks up Bethany's phone and is horrified to discover she has been sent bullying messages. Who by? Lauren. Yes. I'm how do you spell it? Ones. <laughs> 14th of July, 1971, someone is drawing caricatures of residents and sending them into the Gazette. Who is it? I think it's Ernie Bishop. I can only accept Ernest. Ernie Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> You're being earnest here. Yes, it's Ernest Bishop. 14th of July, 2016. Who locks Max in the haunted annex in Gail's house, pulling the door handle off by accident when closing it? I've got a feeling... No... Oh, yeah, you're going to say, I was going to say that. I've got vague memories of this. I'm going to say Amy. No, Asha. Asha, I knew Asha was there. I, I knew you were going to say that as well. I'm sorry, this is not I absolutely anymore. knew that Asha was there. No, Michael, oh. you cannot say, I'm going to say this answer and then it's not right. And you say, I was going to say that the other so thing. Mean. I am not so being mean. mean. This is how a quiz works. 15th of July, 1981. Rita warns Mavis about which person who wants to paint her nude. Um, I don't know, but it was part of last week's quiz, I think. 
I'm just going to go with Victor Pendlebury again, even though I know it's not him. That's what I said last week. Maurice Dodds. Maurice Dodds. 15th of July, 1996. Who is horrified to have a conservatory delivered? Judy Mallet. Yes, the Mallet. Yes. (laughs) 15th of July, 2001. Who kidnapped Sarah Louise? And who comes to rescue her? <laughs> See, I saw this on Twitter the other day and I thought that you would ask me this. His name was Gary. Gary, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I looked it up. No, I didn't. I saw it and I thought I remember oh. this because Gemma <laughs> will ask up. me. Who rescued her? Um, um, Don't make noises. Uh, oh. Uh, Martin. 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 There's more than one person. And Gail. I'll give you a mark for Gail because I'm feeling generous. Thank I don't you. know why. Candice, Todd, Gail, and Dennis Stringer. Oh, Dennis Stringer. And Todd falls over and him. hits his head. Yeah. 15th of July 2016. Who dies in the street and what happens? Kylie. She gets stabby stabbed by Clayton Hibbs. Yes, you you redeemed yourself at the last gasp. <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight out of nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Oh, I should have got more than that. Un- oh, absolute rubbish, Michael. You've got to answer with what you can't just say a variety of different things and then complain. You're worse than Anne Robinson. Oh, what? What's wrong with Anne Robinson? She doesn't like the Welsh. That's fair enough, yeah, that's that's not acceptable. Does anybody have a birthday coming up this <laughs> I week? you were going to say, does anyone like the Welsh? <laughs> the Welsh are lovely. I think the way like themselves, don't they? I've already, I've already professed my love of the Welsh accent on this podcast oh, yeah. numerous occasions. I want to learn to speak Welsh, so I can know what they're saying about me. <laughs> okay, 17th of July. Oh, this is this is birthdays from the 17th to 23rd of July. 17th of July, Jane Hazelgrove played Sue Clayton and Bernie still Winter. still play Bernie, yeah. Matthew Compton played Dan Mason. Ooh. Inventor of the jar. 18th of July, <laughs> Dickon Ashworth, who played Jeff Horton, and writer Paul Cornell. 19th of July, Angela Griffin played Fiona Middleton. 20th until of very July, recently. 20th of July, uh, producer and director Richard Doubleday, and Patricia Cutts, who was Blanche Hunt the first, and Diana Davies, who played Norma Ford. Oh, we Old saw mullet. something with her on yesterday. We did, didn't we? Can we talk about that? Let me say we my final this. birthday. 21st of July, Molly Sugden, who played Nellie Harvey. Chris Bisson, who played Vikram Desai. And Jessica Barden, who played Kaylee Morton. Quite a big week for birthdays, although not necessarily... We don't need to say anything else apart from that. Are we allowed to talk about the thing that we watched? I don't even think we can Is say Is it going to up the rating of this podcast? Can we spell it out? It's not our fault. A listener... Is it Andrew? Uh, yeah. Messaged you. I don't know why he thought it wouldn't be appropriate for my delicate ears. With a link to something called... I'll spell it out. I can't recommend this to anybody. This is not for children. It's this... spelt B-U-G-G-E-R. Nation Street. Yes. And it's on YouTube. And it's really old. And I don't know why we haven't found it before. Because it's been going for about seven years or so. Gemma, how would you describe this programme? Absolute smut and filth. It is. It really is very inappropriate, incredibly offensive. If you're not offended at some point by it, then I don't know. Even it caused Gemma to blush. Reward yourself you know what with she's a copy like. of the sun, I guess. So it's episodes of Coronation Street from the 70s that have been overdubbed by a smutty... Um, 
it's loads of really crass like it's, sex and farting and and poo jokes. It's literally the characters talk about nothing else. Yeah, literally. Basically. But it's got quite you know we've seen a couple of episodes now. And there's a coherent <laughs> plot thread for some parts of it, Somehow, isn't it? Like some characters guy have got particular has managed fetishes. to create like. In one episode, he managed to create an actual plot out of, out of what people were saying. Um, I, I was quite impressed, actually. But I would, like I said, I ca- literally cannot re- recommend it to anybody. It makes me want to watch it. It's also it. transphobic, homophobic. Um, I don't know what Everything. If, if you're likely to be offended by ev- everything, then um, we recommend maybe not watching it or don't blaming, uh, not blaming us anyway. But um, put all that to one side... And we did, we did kind of giggle our way through a couple of episodes yesterday. Apologies even, for our. Now you've now you've made us look like horrible, um, evil. I I I know, but I was also it impressed was, by think... the this quality of the dubbing. Um, you know, right length, and um, I, they managed like when character it matched even with the characters. You know, looks that they were giving, didn't it? When they were like, yeah, it was really clever, good. Yeah, I mean, rude. Li- literally, so like rude. I said. Um, it was funny because it was so shocking and awful rather than anything else. Like, oh my God, he just said that as awful. <laughs> but there's tons of it. There's like 30 episodes worth of it, aren't there? Yes. It's like, if you think you're going to get offended, but just don't watch it. No. But it's, I thought it was funny. Don't come shouting at <laughs> us when it makes you I don't you really get blush. offended on behalf of other people, so. Good. No. Oh, you, you, were, you were by the end of it saying, I can't watch this on you. What I was, was just, I saying? You were like saying, this is even too much for me. Yesterday. I was saying, yeah, like... I was like going, oh. I, was, I was saying, I, I would laugh more, but it's so rude in places and so inappropriate that it, like, you kind of, yeah. But Michael thought it was great. We don't endorse it. No, we don't. But you might not have heard of it, so we're just letting you know. Do not watch it anywhere where people can hear or see what you're doing. Put your headphones in, find a quiet corner in a library. <laughs> and, uh... Have at it, but don't um don't let children or impressionable no. people watch it, please. No, I'm surprised YouTube hasn't taken it down. It's really bad. Anyway, that is our introduction to the show, just to set uh out the the stool for what to expect from us. Yeah, over the next couple of hours. Lots of apologies for being offensive. Let's, probably. Should we move on to street talk, my darling? Okay. Street talk time or oh, Jammer. Oh, oh, this week's Coronation Street. So exciting, wasn't it? Wasn't that the best week of Coronation Street? Oh. No, uh, it was not. It was not the best week of Coronation Street. It was pretty dull. In fact, and if you're on the Facebook group, you've already seen this joke, but I want to do it anyway. I found a perfect clip from this week's Corrie that perfectly encapsulates what what went on this week. Um, Take it away, David and Paul. What happened? Nothing. Yeah, there we go. Nothing happened this week at all, did it? It was pretty dull. Um, But... I'm sure we can find some fun in it. Maybe. We'll do what we can. Um, they had to have known when they, when they put that in the script and, and like filmed it that somebody was going to use it to take the <laughs> mick out of the show. No, I'm sure they um, No. I don't, I don't know. Oh, gosh, this year. It, it feels like this year is just not turning out to be much of a vintage Corrie yet. Is it time for Ian McLeod to move on? <gasps> I, I mean, we, That's it, rude. He's been, he's been in the producer seat for quite a while now. Him and, and him and and Verity taking over the sh- the, the shop. Um, I don't know. It's like apart from a couple of weeks worth of awesome sebness 
And, um, and uh, I guess a bit of the Tyrone and Fizz story as well. I just feel like it's been moan after moan and it must, I worry that it wears thin on our podcast listeners. Stop slagging it off. There must be some people going, if you hate it so much, why are you doing a podcast about it? We don't hate well, it I've really. Well, I've got to, I'm forced to do it. We don't hate it really. It just sometimes isn't as good as other weeks or months. We'll see. Maybe it's better next week. I don't know. There's going to be a naked calendar shoot next week, Gemma, so I'm sure you'll love it. Yeah. <clears throat> what what are I'm we talking about this. this week? What are we talking about this week? The Todd storyline. I was going to call it Nice Little Learner after my great pun that I did on the internet the other day. Gareth Pierce like that. Gareth Pierce like my Nice Little Learner pun where he puts his, puts his money in the urn. But instead, it. I'm calling this Pump Action. Because it was, this is the pump action story of the week. How many times did we hit? I'm still not sure what a heat pump is. Right, I think a heat pump is a new it. way of heating a, a, um, your <laughs> house. Deaconry. And it is, it takes ambient air and heats it up. But I think it can also do the opposite. Um, but we don't really need anything to heat us up at this time of year because it did seem quite urgent that they were putting uh, it in. This is what right I did. Now. I guess. I guess though that if they're building, they need to have all the bits. I mean, got to be ready. For if you were building a house, winter nights. and the guy was like, "Look, you got to have radiators in here, but I can't be bothered to put them in because it's July. I'll come back and do it in <laughs> December." You'd be like, "No." Can you finish the house off before <laughs> you go? I'm only going to fit the cold taps to your sinks now, all right? Yeah, I'll be back because... in six months with the hot ones. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very reasonable. Okay, so... Pump... What a good way of building a house. I'll do the insulation in September. Um, the pump action story is first, and um, there was no pump action in the George and Eileen part of that story, but I'm sure it's going to be coming. We kind of merged that in as well. That's After that, said. we've got the on Daisy's chain story. Which, yeah. uh, and then we have, oh, the naked calendar. It seems like, um, it just seems to be the, the, the imbeciles of the street um, seem to and be... James Bailey. <laughs> seem to be being <laughs> unwittingly roped into doing this calendar that none of them actually want to do, but because Curtis, Curtis. and Emma are such devious masterminds of charity. And um, so charismatic and manipulative. Yes. Um, that they can't even get... Each a shag out of each other, even though they're both gagging for it. <laughs> gagging for a shagging. Yeah. Um, I'm calling this storyline the Fool Monty because they're all a bunch of fools that are being fooled well into done. taking their clothes off. Um, save your praise. No, actually, that was best I've got this week. Paper staper. Because <laughs> oh, you know, like the in the... oh, stapes paper tapes. <laughs> no, no, hang on, stop, calm down. Stapes. Paper caper. There you go. <laughs> yes. Go. That's the fifth storyline <laughs> title for this so week. Thank you for that. Speak. <laughs> and then also and then also for some reason Nick had a few scenes this week. He got excited about Sam Nick coming round and then he didn't. Every every child's favourite small kitchen appliance. <laughs> Juicer. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> what can I call me smoothies in this? Um Gemma, would you like to do some pump action? <laughs> Hang on, oh, it takes me to, back to our wedding night. I just got to pause the <laughs> recording then. Um, would you like to do the pump action or would you like me to? <laughs> it's just more traditional if you do it. Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Buckle yourself in. So. Um, this is good, the best it's going to get today. It is. Turn it off said. from here. Switch mm. over to the to the news section, please. Right, so Sean has managed to persuade Eileen to let him back into number 11. Nothing else happens with that, so you can now forget all about it. A bin man comes over to the funeral parlour. 
Um, and uh, apparently the local big issue seller has died and all the bin men want to do a, uh, I've done a whip round to pay for his funeral because he's such a nice chap. Um, and how much do you think you would be able to collect for a, short, just a bunch of bin men at short? Yeah, probably short nose. I don't pretty know how, short how long ago it is that this chap's died. I mean, but perhaps he was looking a bit peaky last week and they Seven started. grand. Seven oh. grand for a bin man's funeral. Uh, still not enough. Not, though, sorry, a bin man's funeral. It's not, uh, it's a... Uh, um, the bin men are paying for the funeral, isn't it? It's yeah. a big issue, Sally's funeral and noble profession. But I, Which I don't know. Which one it is seemed, the noble profession? They're it both seemed fine. odd. They're, they're, I mean, Coronation Street has got a fine heritage of bin it's man. Absolutely. Abby Yates, Curly Watt, <laughs> Chalky Whiteley. I think we spoke about uh, the fact that, what are they called? Refuse collectors. Environmental uh, or upkeep supervisors. Um, I think... We spoke about the fact that they get paid pretty well. Yes, they... they, they well, um, previously. It's not a particularly nice seven, job. Seven, it's not a very nice job, but seven grand uh, in your back pocket for your favourite uh, big sell, big issue seller's funeral. Sounds, signs me up, sign me up well, for it. Well, it's not 96 grand, which is what Steve's managed to somehow look, accumulate to, look, by doing okay, a bit I'll of cycling. I'll talk about this now because this is n- nonsense and madness, isn't it? <laughs> £96,000, okay, that he's managed to raise, yet somehow he's done it without bothering his friends and neighbours because Dev was like, oh, he's raising money. He didn't even know about it. How did he get this amount of money? And also, <laughs> why, why at this stage is he like... Yeah, I can't possibly raise the rest. Where would I get it from? <laughs> He's just decided enough's enough, isn't it? Or did somebody tell him he was Curtis overdoing said, it or something? No, Curtis was very suspicious. No, he before, like, before him, this week. Curtis very suspiciously, I think, told him that he needed to round up to £100,000. Yes, he did this week. But before this week, Steve had been told that he's he's all charitied out. I mean, we've not seen any of his fundraising. We, we saw him dress up as a dinosaur we've one week, did we? We've heard him talk length, yeah, a lot about it. He's been walking, he's been cycling. I can uh, talk the big talk. But... And he's not making it up because yeah, he's got he's got £96,000 about it. And he's obviously not been embezzling it as, as a Cathy... As, um, as suggested. As suggested he has, exactly. Anyway, £7,000 anyway, for the bin... Uh, not the binner, from the bin, man. 9000 Pretty good. £9,000, £96,000, £7,000, uh, £6,000. There will be lots of inexplicably large amounts of money. Think of all the heat pumps that Steve could buy with that money. You can't bring Ollie back to life, but you can, you can heat so many houses with that. Yeah? With ambient air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like... 20 houses worth of, of heat pumpery. It's awesome. Anyway, Todd likes the sound of this money. He looks a little bit tempted. Meanwhile, Sean and George are celebrating the news that Sean's moving back in again. And also, Sean's got his factory back. So it's all coming up roses for Sean this week. Um, meanwhile, Todd is chatting with this bin man and building the full package for homeless guy. Um, he he's like gives him the, the, the tip-top creme de la creme, as Eileen would call it, of funeral packages for him. But as soon as the bin man leaves, Todd takes the cash over to the to the tin, the you know, the petty cash done or whatever it is, but stashes most of it away in the urn. The sneaky so-and-so, what's he going to do with that then? Um, George comes <laughs> back later and sees that Todd is feeling rather guilty. And Todd says, George, I don't done screwed up. I'm just so nice, you see. This the bin man came round and told me a story about how awesome the local big issue seller was and I kind of I, I gave him a, a quote I said that he could have the best funeral that we do but he's only got 10 grand so what are we going to no, do? No, 7 grand. Two, 2 grand. Two he's grand. only got 2 grand. 
they, it costs seven grand. What are we going to... Oh, don't worry, I'll pay for it. And George says, no, you are nice, Todd. You're such a kind-hearted soul. I will pay this £5,000 from my wages. Because that's what my dad would have done. Uh, Can I just say... It's a bit ridiculous now. That they should probably cut out the profit margins from that. Because I bet it doesn't cost them exactly... Seven thousand pounds, does it? Probably not. I, I, I don't get how um, Archie, what's his name? Not Archie. Yeah, Archie. Archie Shuttleworth managed to keep this business afloat. If this was his kind of business method, and we've seen before that Todd had tried to, you know, um, modern things up a little bit and try and scam the customers or whatever you call them, the bereaved. Um, and uh, and George is like, no, no, we we are we're the nice funeral people. But come on, paying five thousand pounds out your back pocket just because of what Todd has said is a mistake, that this business deserves to be deader than the stiffs that they're carting through there each week, honestly. It's, that, oh, was, and, that was silly. And if, if I was Eileen and George has given me this naff dinner in, in my backyard and I know he's just spent £5,000, £5, he could have taken her up to the Ivy or something with that. Well, he could have gone just on it away. five holidays of a lifetime with Summer and, um, and Todd according to Billy. Yeah, I know, I know. Ridiculous, ridiculous. But anyway, let's move, move swiftly None of this on from makes, that one. This is the trouble really with Coronation Street at the moment, is that both, both small and large amounts of it are nonsensical, really. Yeah. Like some, some of the entire plots don't make sense, and then other parts, like really small nitty-bitty bits, don't make sense. Like... We just have to, we have to just not analyse it in detail. I will do our best. Oh, so, right, okay. Not analyse it in detail. So. Todd phones up Will and says, What's, I've got your money. I've got your money. Yes. Um, but then later he notices the urn's gone missing. I can't <laughs> believe I put it in an urn and now the urn is gone and mm. in a shop that sells urns and that urn was on display. So he does a little bit of urn raiding as if to say, did I maybe put it in this urn or was it in this urn? No, it was definitely an urn that's gone missing. Are you trying to say all urns look the same? Well, these ones fascist. didn't. I mean... No, they didn't. I don't know. So um, Todd um, goes and convinces George that he's given the guy the wrong urn. And so- this is the thing, right? Okay, can I just exp- say this? George, George is so convinced that Archie's legacy is paying for funerals out of your own money. But he's also very laissez-faire about the fact that it's fine to give somebody the wrong ashes and they shouldn't go and tell them that you've accidentally swapped it over. Oh, well, that's a comedy paper, get, isn't it? They might get obsessed about that's it. That's hijinks, that is. So what happens? So Todd says to George, you've yeah. given the gangster, the local gangster, yeah. which there seems to be an increasing number of in Coronation Street yeah. now that Sharon's left, um, the ashes that actually contain... No, the, the urn that contains the ashes of a little old lady's Shetland pony because we do funerals for them now, apparently, and vice versa. And, and this old woman wants to have the Shetland Pony's ashes turned into a nice little bangle, and she's going to be having um, Tony Soprano around her neck if we don't get this mess that I've got myself into uh, sorted. Don't I'll worry. deal with it, says Todd. Um, and so then Don Weddiosa comes back round later, and he's given the, given the urn back, and um, Todd has a look inside to find his money, and then, and then the Don's like, ah... I know what you wanted. They'll found some money inside here. We got it doesn't say, but he gives him the look as if to say that um, I'm going to be. Um, I'm going to go and have a nice little knees up in the deceased's honour this evening. Hooray for me! So he's lost that five thousand pounds. Bad luck, Todd. Um, what's he going to do when he's got a thirteen-year-old menacing him from the ginnel every week? 
Will comes, speaking of which, Will comes into the bistro later with Summer, his new busy mate, and Billy. Billy says, Todd, be nice to Will. Um, so this is when we learn about the heat pump. It's an environmentally friendly heat pump worth £7,000 or something thereabouts for the archdeaconry. Um, and, and, and this gets the cogs whirring in Todd's head. Meanwhile, George and Eileen are in the pub and she knows about his and Sean's scheme. I, I can't really remember how she found out about it. If it doesn't matter, she says, I will not be manipulated or emotionally blackmailed by you, George. And he kind of gets edged backwards by the sheer force of her rage until he trips over on a bar stool and breaks his wrist on the pub floor. Oh, no. Um, Will, um, at the end of the episode, goes to Todd and demands his money and says, well, if you need to nick a heat pump in order to fund me, then have at it. So there was nothing else that you could steal? Like, the heat pump? Well, it was a very convenient heat pump. Wasn't it? It was, it was quite lucky for him. Is this being sponsored by Big Heat Pump? <laughs> no, because I wouldn't want my, seem, my product to seem easily nickable. Although maybe it makes it look like it's highly in demand and that's what they want. Yeah. So. Can you get heat pump from Argos is this product placement oh yeah maybe maybe that's going to be the next ident do, 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 do. oh I wouldn't fancy stealing this out of the out of the builder's yard Wednesday Todd's on the phone to a mate who's got a van and he wants to borrow it next week for his heat pump stealing shenanigans next week mate you know you need to get your skates on these heat pumps are going fast I know I know uh, they're sounding like heat pumps, hotcakes, something like that. No. Summer gets a call from Will about meeting up later and Todd goes, that Will's a wrong one. Eileen comes to see George, who's got a plaster cast on his arm, and she says, I will help you out. Anything that you need me to do in this funeral parlour, I'm your woman, I'm sorry about backing you over and everything. It's all my fault. What can I do for you? Backing want... you over? You want a cup of tea or something? And he says, well, it'd be quite nice, but what I'd really like is for you to come and help me lug a corpse out of the hospital. Mrs Middleton! She, uh, Eileen doesn't want to, but uh, after this overdramatic, bereaved son comes round, who was um, made quite an impression... Um, but I wouldn't mind if we never see him again, which I assume we won't. He comes in and does a bit of the old heartstring tugging. Eileen has no choice but to jump into the car with George and um, and go for the van, sorry, and go and find this stiff. In the shop later, Paul realises that his rent hasn't gone out of his account and his wages haven't been paid. What's going on there, Ed? Ed says, oh, yeah, sorry, it's going to be late this month. That's the builder's trade for you. You can't ever tell when you're going to get paid. And Paul says, well, I'm not going to get any, I'm not going to do any work for you until I get paid. (sighs) I mean, we're halfway through the week yet. Will comes in, intimidating Todd one more time. And Todd says, can you help me nick the heat pump next week, please? Because it's quite big and I'm just a little lad and... Heat pump. And but maybe and you're, and you're a bit of a rake, but maybe between us we can get it in the van together. And Will says he will, but for an extra £500, which they shake on. Um, and I didn't notice this at the time. It was pointed out to me afterwards that they had a little bit of touchy-touchy, handy-handy. And of handy. course, this was essential... For the scene. It was. They had to have Holdy Handy, but I won we only got to see the Holdy Handies, so was it was it was that Will Hand was it and a stunt his hand? dad? Was it yeah, was it Stunt Hand? Was it was it uh, was it Peter Ash and, and his mum dad or something? I don't know. Who knows? But um, very important shaky holdy handies. So Maybe it was him and his own hand. Oh yeah, did they? Just kind of put his hands in front of the camera. Why not? He was standing behind the camera and he shook his own hand. Could be, could be something like that. So, 
Todd goes over to the yard later to kind of scope out where he's going to be nicking this heat pump from, and he hears that um, he's got to, it's going to be going fast. It's going in this afternoon or something, isn't it? Um, terrible. So he, he, he realises as well at the same time that his ring has gone. That little scoundrel Will has only half-inched it when he did the shaky handy-holdy thing. What a, what a street urchin he is. So he goes to find Will again later and says, can I have my ring back, please? And Will says, no, I'm keeping it as extra insurance, actually, and you can have it back when I've got my money that you owe me for all the blackmailery that I'm doing. Todd says, look, we need to go to the yard now and take this heat pump. Take a drink every time they say heat pump this week. Will says, no, I'm not helping you out with that. It's daytime. People will see me. What he doesn't say is, I'm sure there must be some kind of CCTV around there because there usually is when there's nicking going on. But luckily for Todd... So far, it appears there hasn't been any. Um, the amount of times that people have been stealing things, falling off of, kidnapped and held inside that builder's yard, you would think that it would be sort of, um, what's the word, a requirement of the insurance that it has to be monitored at all times. I'm pretty sure there has been CCTV there at some point, but, you know, it's always on the blank when, they, when, you, uh, when you want it, don't you? Never mind. George and Eileen have come back from the hospital. They've gone out in his van. They're back. They've got Mrs Middleton in the back, but Eileen's desperate for a, for a waz, so she goes inside with George following after her, and they have a little bit of a spot of lunch together. Todd sees the van and goes, hmm, I could put a heat pump a inside spare that. van. Hmm. Um, I'll so... just move the van and I'll put a tiny red car here. <laughs> What that no one, that all about? No that one... was like one of those little early learning centre cars, wasn't it? The one that, you know, that I said that I was obsessed with when yeah. I was a little boy. Nobody will remark upon weird. this strange. I was waiting for a, like a troop of clowns to come out of that. But... <laughs> but it turns out they're all acting the scenes this week. <gasps> oh, I thought they were writing it. That's what I probably should have said. <laughs> Next um, scene is Todd driving away with a tiny car with a massive heat George pump. George should have just walked yeah, walk past the, 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 uh, the car and then a bit of paper flaps out saying, it's, it's next episode's script, Tony. <laughs> so, this is bitchy. Oh, it's just naff this week, wasn't it? Sorry. Uh, how is Todd going to get inside the builder's yard, though, oh. in order to acquire this heat pump? He's oh, gonna, what a dilemma. Yeah, he's going to phone up Ed and barely disguise his voice. I mean, it sounded exactly like Todd, didn't Literally it? Literally sounded like Todd going, I've got a plumbing emergency. And for they... some reason, uh, Ed's saying, yeah, plumbing emergency, I'm a builder, I can do that. I have it on good authority that this particular incarnation of Todd is quite good at Welsh accents. So I don't know why he didn't do that. That would have been genius and hilarious. <laughs> yes, Gareth with his actual voice. No, anyway, it's I enough to fool that. I haven't heard his, his actual voice. I don't know whether I have either, actually. I'm assuming so you're he's, assuming got he's got He might not. I think he has. Um, but I might be wrong, so don't, don't tell me if I'm well, let, Hang on a minute. What? Whatever accent he has... Mm. is a Welsh accent because he's Welsh. Yes, very, very true. Um, okay, so Ed's, Ed's uh, bogs off in his own little yellow van. Um, is it yellow? I don't know. So that Ooh, Todd, Todd can get in there and luckily for him, um, he doesn't even need to use his uh, bolt, cutters. bolt cutters. Exactly, because Ed's only gone and left the chain on. He's only blown the bloody doors off. So he goes inside <laughs> and uh, no, does a bit of sneaking. But yeah. then Ed comes back because he's realised that he hasn't locked up the chain. And... Do you know what? This sounds to me, right? The way you're saying this, and you're reading off a bit of paper, but it sounds to me, you know, like when you're round a campfire and somebody's making a story up and they just won't just shut making, up just making and it they up. just keep complicating it and making it really 
boring and convoluted. I think this is how the Cory writers did it this week. They just did a bit of improv <sighs> around the campfire. Um, so yeah, Todd's in. Uh, Todd's hiding around. Um, Todd's hiding behind the heat pump. Yes. Ed and he's got his bolt cutters. Ed is ready to lock up, but um, Todd makes a bit of a noise with he his goes, bolt cutters. No. Oh, he makes a really loud gulping sound, Gulp? does he? And Ed goes, "Oh, what's that in there? there? Oh, is it ghosts? Is it you, Paul? Honestly, if that place isn't haunted, ghosts aren't real. <laughs> it's haunted by Pat. Um, anyway." Somehow, Ed doesn't find Todd. He doesn't really give a very good look around the place, does he? Because he was literally just there. But um, anyway, he he goes and obviously, what do you know, he locks Todd inside. How's he going to escape? Oh, yes, he's got a pair of bolt cutters. Meanwhile, George and Eileen have, um, have, uh, have had their... Does they have their lunch at that point? Yes, they've had a nice buffet in the yard. And this is when he asks her out for a date and she's going to think about it. But that's all done. They go outside... And um, after a surprisingly long amount of time, um, George realises that the van's gone and this little red car is in its place. So what's happened to Mrs Middleton? Um, He realises that Todd's got the key, so maybe he's taken the van. Um, Todd gets... uh, George gets in a grunt with Eileen for luring him inside with a promise of tasty buffet. Um, And then Todd, meanwhile... (laughs) I'm trying to make this interesting, but it's really not. Todd... Is taking the heat pump and he goes inside the van. Whoa, Nelly says Todd. There's a dead woman inside this van. Who I better pay my guessed? respects. And I he can't does believe little... there's a corpse in the corpse van. I know. Who does? This thought? almost never happens. <laughs> and he does this little bowing his head, cross I myself thing, thought... which was weird. I thought this was funny. I actually thought that was kind of funny. I didn't. The thing, right? The thing everybody has to remember here is that, um. All the actors commit themselves to these jokes, even if they're not convinced themselves. Not that I'm trying to say that anything about... I don't know I don't know what Gareth Pierce thought about any of this, because I thought it was funny myself. But, the, you know, they, they throw themselves into these somewhat lacklustre scenarios with as much gusto as they do everything else. So <laughs> you can't... You know, you I can't know. you can't fault them, and also he you know, what on the front of told him to do. on the front of writing scripts and storylining and everything, we we criticise all the time, but we've never done it. It must be difficult. I'm sure everyone's burned I've out. I've also it's not stressful. been paid for it. True. Anyway, um, or rewarded for it. As anyway, um, he 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 sticks the 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 pump in the van anyway and drives off of it, uh, with it. Sorry, George and Eileen get to the yard. Um, just too late because they hear the van driving off, don't they? Maybe, or they hear a van, or the van. You're just tying up a shoelace or something. But then they get around the corner and it's gone. And what do you say when you realise that your van has been half inched? You say blast. No sign of it, says George. So close. Blast and dagnam it. Um, as does Ed probably when he comes back later and finds that his chain has been cut and his heat pump vanished. Oh, oh no. Dear. Um, He's like going. How matters does anybody... are made even worse. Like what? He's like how? How do people even know what a heat pump is? Is what he's saying. Why would anyone steal this? Nobody knows what they, what these things are. <laughs> George and Eileen um, find that Mister Middleton, the 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 over dramatic and not at all camp son, is there waiting to see his mum later. I just want okay. to see her body one more time. Now, if you're not from the UK, you might not have ever had the pleasure of Harry Hill's TV burp, watching Harry Hill's TV burp, which was a hilarious compilation clip show. 
hosted by comedian and large lapel owner, uh, collar, owner collar owner, Harry Hill. And he used to make fun of TV shows. I guess it was like a one-man goggle box. Yes. Um, but he had two segments that stick in our minds. One was TV Burp's Poetry Corner when somebody does a rhyme by accident and then they sing t- this stupid jingle and it's hilarious. And the other one is... TV Burp stars of tomorrow today. Which is usually reserved for people who are hamming it up a little bit. And this guy would have definitely won... Yeah, he was week. he was really chuffed to have got his part in Coronation Street. He was Street week, not going to let his agent down. No, he's he heard that sometimes he? people come on for one or two episodes stint and then get invited back for a longer period. And by golly, he wanted that, did old Mr. Middleton. But um, anyway, he wants to see his mum um, before she gets um, stuck in the ground or burned to a crisp or whatever's going to happen to her. Um, but Todd, but but they, they can't because the van's not there. But it's OK because Todd comes back and he says, just need to get things sorted, Mr. Middleton. You go off to the cafe for a while and then you can <laughs> see your mum's corpse later. And George, oh. George gives him the evils because he knows he's been up to something. Um, Todd says to George, look, I just had to give me mate a lift to the station. Um, not the tram station, presumably, because it's just right over there. there. And, and he also couldn't get on the tram to I'm... get to the station. Yeah. Don't ask any more questions, George, is um, what Todd says. I didn't realise there was a body in the van. How embarrassing. Again, Todd, I would have thought you might have thought to have had a look if there was a corpse in the corpse van. George, George has... But I didn't know there was any ice cream in this ice cream truck when I stole I it. I wouldn't have taken it. <laughs> George really has fired Todd on other occasions for less than what he's got up to this week just so far. I know. You know, swapping urns over... Uh, charging people £2,000 for top-of-the-line funeral what, and stealing, stealing stealing a corpse with a van surrounding it. <laughs> and he yeah. doesn't even know the half of what Todd's actually been up to. Ste- literally stealing money from George, five grand. Although, to be fair, like I said before, you can take the mark off, off of that, can't you, George? Let's not pretend here <laughs> that it really costs you seven grand. <laughs> and um, what was the other thing? Stealing a heat pump. Heat pump. Heat pump. Are you keeping count at home? Heat pump. Later on, because of the severity of this crime, Weatherfield police have to put their top officer on the case. Soon to be detective, but still actually still comes. He's still kicking about, isn't he? Officer Craigie. He comes round. Dispatch officer Tinker. Tinks, he gets called later, doesn't he, by David and Paul, who are just um, in on the joke as we are about how hilarious it is that Craig's been... A, a policeman on for, on the street for a couple of years now, and all the crimes still going on. Yeah, well, that's that's not a surprise actually. If if Craig had been a policeman and the crime had stopped, then I'd be suspicious. Anyway, he's taken down the details about this theft from Ed, who realizes, hang on a minute, maybe it was Paul what did it, uh, <laughs> because everything's going wrong for Paul at the moment, and the audience needs to feel a bit more sympathy for him. So Todd. Um, oh yeah, then he has another superfluous scene with Will in Villain's Alley for just more threatening chat. I really like that. They did that several times. I thought today's one was pretty good though. Which one? Oh, we'll get to it. You tell me yeah, when we get there. There, were, there were a lot of scenes with Will saying, give me my money. And Todd says, oh, you're so evil, Will. If I give you your money, will you leave me alone, please? Yeah, Todd's like, oh gosh, I would try to outsmart you, but you've got me over a barrel here, young child. Well, you know what they say about Will. He does make exceedingly good threats. 
Reference. Reference. <laughs> um, so anyway, then, then Tinks goes into the Rovers to have a chat with Paul, who's um, three sheets to the wind after having nothing else to do all day, so he just goes and gets legless on the red wreck. Hey, listen, the pandemic is far from over, so that means to me... Day drinking is still on the menu. You've got a couple more days of day drinking and we're back to normal on the 19th. What? So, oh. George and Eileen have yet another argument towards the end of the um, episode. You know what this about means? About what, what? They're made for each other. They're, oh, yeah. It's just like We know Coronation Street. When, when the children have an argument and and they the boy pushes the girl over and then to console her... The mother says, that means he really likes you. I... And then the child goes, Mummy, I think you have some internalised misogyny you need to deal with. <laughs> Every single couple on Coronation Street, they, they can't get together without either having a falling out or a slanging match in the street first, or one of them inadvertently insulting, you know, the mother of the other one. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, that's how we spent most of our courting days, wasn't it, darling? <laughs> um... Anyway, Eileen says, I had a narrow escape because I almost said yes to you asking me out on a date earlier. I hate you, I'll never date you. And George says, Oh, I never should have got involved in you ever, Eileen. So Billy and Paul, at the end of the episode, watch on as Paul, sorry, Billy and Todd, watch on as Paul is led into a police car, which just for dramatic effect, drives away with sirens blaring because maybe they're going to pick up another crim on the way or something. (laughs) Yeah, like... Don't sit in the middle. <laughs> We've got to pick up a shoplifter. I reckon it's that Don Mediosa from earlier. Friday, today, what happened? That's just the name that I made up for him, by the way. I'm quite proud hey? of that one. Don, Don Mediosa. Oh, okay. You know, the mafia boss of Weatherfield. You know, do you know Furiosa from Mad Max? I did not know that. No, I didn't think you did. Right, you, carry tried to make me watch Mad Max a couple of months ago. I didn't enjoy it. It won Oscars. I did not follow it. It literally, there's no plot to it. They're literally driving in a straight line for most of the film. <laughs> um, oh my Friday God. then. And so. you're, you're sitting here casting your criticisms over this, this show, which, you know, is intricately plotted. Whether or not you think it's a good plot is irrelevant. This has got a lot of moving parts in it. You know, scores of characters, guest stars, and you you can't follow the plot of Mad Max and I you think you can judge the plots of films. Coronation Street. I'm... How do you know what's going on in this show? I know who all the characters are. That really helps. Really? In Mad Max, there was Mad Max and there was Furiosa and there were uh, other people. I don't I just don't like I I don't get films. Friday. <laughs> Todd Realises that Will stayed overnight on the sofa. Saucy. Get like Ryan. Because uh, and, and he's mates for Summer or something. And Summer reminds the audience. There's a bit of audience reminding going on just for a bit of time filling in today's episode. Hey, everybody. Paul's been arrested. I wonder how he's getting on. And also, Tom, Todd says, Hey, everybody. My ring's in the jewellers, isn't it? Yes, that's where it is. It's definitely not, got, it's not with Will. So... Over to the uh, police station and the foreman grilling commences. <laughs> Paul says, thank you. Paul says that he was drinking alone on the red wreck when the... <sighs> Paul says he was drinking alone on the red wreck when the pump got pilfered. Pilfered. Pilchered. Pinched. <laughs> Gemma says... Heat pump. So he, the, the pump gets pinched. Yeah. And he was getting wrecked on the wreck. 
Sounds like a great afternoon. And then, and then, so he says his piece, and Gemma collects Paul from the station, and he says, I'm innocent, Gemma, I swear to you, and I'm going to find out who stitched me up. Who could it possibly be? There's only about four people in my storyline, and I know it's one of them, so I'm going to solve this by the end of the episode. I also like the way that policeman during this interrogation was like, listen, mate, I didn't even know what a heat pump was until this scene. That policeman was was obnoxious, wasn't he? He was, I thought he, he was, was good. He was a... Um, Policeman. Yeah. Um, he was purposefully um, riling him up, wasn't he? He was... Well, that's a He technique. was a nasty policeman. That's he a, was bad He was playing cop. bad cop. Yes. And, and he's like, sorry, mate, I know I'm being a bit harsh on you, but good cop's I thought, not here at I the thought moment. He, I thought he was Scouse. I thought he was... I well, thought I he can't was do Scouse. Cop. It's just my... This is my, my generic... Hey, Paul, it was you, wasn't it? Come on, it was you that pinched the, the heat pump, wasn't it? Just go on, admit it. Heat pump. The pump. Eileen um, goes to the cafe to apologise to George because he is always there uh, and it just turns into yet another argument between them. Oh, so familiar. The the um, the heady uh, days of courting. Mm. So she goes, Sean says to George, you just need to get used to Eileen's sense of humour. She just insults she you. Ca- she came just in and told a joke, time. didn't she? She came in and she said, what's the joke? I don't remember. I can't remember. She came in and she told him a joke and he didn't laugh, so she shouted at him, which is exactly how our relationship goes. <laughs> it really, really does. <laughs> sometimes Gemma makes a joke on the podcast and I don't laugh and I get her right glaring. Well, sometimes you make a joke and I don't immediately dissolve into tears and wet myself. And you take that as, <laughs> as like a rejection. Grave insult. Yeah. So Paul goes and has a go at Ed first because Paul's angry today. Yeah, well, he Ed says, you set, him in. You, you set the police on me. And yeah. Ed says, oh, sorry, I thought it was probably you. And then he says, and, and then he sees Will and has a go at him for a little bit as well. And Summer says, oh, Will's, the sun shines out of his ass. He's wonderful. He steals cakes for his sister. Yeah. And Paul, I don't know who you are anymore. Which is Summer, ironic. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> right. Only, number one. Only just learned who the. the I'm, I'm, she she can we'll get into a scene now, and I don't go who's that. Oh yes, it's Summer. Um, she has not been paying any attention to Paul. Mm? Why? Paul, Paul is. This is not Paul being out of the ordinary. Paul always gets mad. He is. He gets drunk and then he shouts at people. I know. For things that he's done. This is, he, literally, this is his modus operandi. He's, yeah. He's that's what permanently, his, that's his deal. Permanently peed off. Yeah. And Summer's like, oh, I don't recognise, like, okay, look, I know he's you're an new. angry little man, <laughs> is Paul. He is, he he's, is. It's just furious. Yeah. It is his, he should be called Furioso. <laughs> Is that what it was called? <laughs> yeah, I remember you right. remembered the word, right? Um, You're saying that Paul looks a bit like Charlize Theron, the famously beautiful South African actress. Yes. I thought Furioso was... Wasn't there a big fat bad guy in Mad Max? That's not what I think Paul uh, Okay, like. right. I've wanted to do this for a while, where we watch a movie and you then tell me what the plot was and we record it as a podcast. <laughs> I would love to hear you tell me about Fat Furioso's epic... <laughs> Battle against Mad Max person and his girlfriend. Max, wasn't there? Yes. Well done, you that, watched right. that bit. Yeah. Anyway, um, so... Where do you remember are we what to... they wanted? What was the... Do you remember what they were all after? No. Water? Yeah, you got... yeah well done. Yeah. Um, you okay. did watch it then. It was basically they're driving in a straight line and then they got water at the end. Good. So... Um, <laughs> Todd goes home and he starts rooting around in the flat for something and he finds he finds um, thingy's what's it doesn't he he finds oh, his lighter yes, his what's it 
Will's lighter because he's a he's a wrong un, so he must have a lighter. He doesn't even vape or anything. Um, and oh, then he no. phones up Craig wanting some advice. Oh, what was that all about? I don't know. I don't know what that no, was about. No, because later on he says, um, he's setting up the the um, twist later that he tells Will about where he has told Craig, I think, that he thinks that Will has stolen his ring. Oh, yeah. So he phones Craig up. Okay, fine. George brings Eileen some flowers, but he gets intercepted by Mary, who tells him about the deeper meaning of the bunch of whatever they are that, that he's bought her. And um, she realises that um, he has, he's got the hots for Eileen, so she invites him in to give him some um, advice. love advice. She yes. moans at him for having Hortensia or something. Oh, well done. And um, she says it means you're frigid. And then she tells him about the language of flowers, and then she still manages to give him a laurel stick instead of an olive branch <laughs> and she doesn't know what a cornflower looks like <laughs> I wonder if you didn't um, mention that <laughs> but I wanted to say do you know anything about the language love language, language of I, flowers no I didn't know this is I a don't thing know. oh yeah I knew it was a thing the only thing I ever remember roses mean I love you roses mean I'm going to pay a lot of money at Valentine's Day to shut you up the <laughs> only um, thing I remember is that red and white you should never give them to people in hospital because they symbolise bloody bandages oh really which is what my That's nan better. told me because I was trying to make a lovely bouquet what's the funeral flower carnations isn't it is it I thought the carnations meant sorry I got this from the petrol station no what's the <laughs> oh I don't know uh, sorry I got this from do you Devs. mean lilies I don't know. I thought white lilies were, were... I don't know. Um, anyway, David has a scene with Paul later. That was quite nice to see David in there. Um, but then they get they start having a chat about Paul's woes, but then they get interrupted by Will phoning Paul to say, come and meet me in Victoria Gardens in half an hour. Um, he's to doing a I... bit more blackmailing in the ginnel. And then he turns around and Todd's there saying, what are you playing at? See, this was good because there was it, it was nicely framed. Todd was standing in the arch of the light with the darkness surrounding him and he was, you know, surprising that he was there and well, it looked quite sinister. A little bit sinister. Gareth Pierce is pretty good at um, yeah, sort of Gareth that Pierce. kind of head tippy forward glaring. He's better than Will. Will and Todd have got themselves into a bit of a stalemate situation here, haven't they? Because Todd says, I'm going to take your lighter and plant it at the builder's yard so it looked like you'd done it if you if you don't leave me alone or something. And Will's... Finally, Todd realises that he is the grown-up in this situation. Yeah. And he's had he's years... He's had many years of, of plotting. Manipulate... And, yeah. and, like, he, he's gone head-to-head with a bloody serial killer. And here's Will, like, m- menacing him. Yeah. I'm and glad. he's just been letting him run run circles around him and just scraping up bundles of cash to throw at him. Mm. And they've spent, I tell you what, they, they've spent so many scenes negotiating with each other how much money the other one's got to give the, that one and where they're going to get it from. I don't even know how much money he owes him now because they've been, they've spent the whole, it's like watching a blooming um, one of these... Um, it, what they called real estate programs where they're haggling over a house price <laughs> doesn't matter doesn't matter so they go to the uh go to the victoria gardens don't know for this meetup paul and uh well todd no yes will 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 and paul t- tells paul come to the gardens yes. and i'll reveal everything yes but and he... when he gets there paul's revelation really sh- no will's revelation should have rocked Paul to the very core because it was a sharp psychological insight. What is it? I'm lost in He's my like, notes where the we revelation, are. The revelation, Paul, is that you are the villain in your own life. 
And Paul was like, oh my God, you're right. Paul's... You're your own worst enemy. Paul wants to know if Will has had anyone put him up to this. Well, yeah, it's obvious. I mean, honestly... And Todd is lurking in the background. And if Paul turned round for just half a second, he might realise, but... <laughs> he's... he's just standing there like, well, good job that Paul's thick and he won't turn around. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Will says, um, well, no, it's nothing says... to do with Todd. How, why would you say that? <laughs> yes. Also, stop pushing Summer away um, because she's she's a good one, she is. Paul goes back to the cafe and has a sit with David and this is where he says nothing's really been happening today, I think. Um, he realises um, that he's been pushing everyone away and he needs to keep hold of Summer. And David says, that's nice anyway. Do you want a job at the barber's? Fantastic. He's got a new job, everybody, this week. We haven't, not, we haven't, we haven't seen Inside the Barbers for donkey's years, have we? No, I mean, donkey's it's a bit covid isn't it? It is a little bit covid in there at the moment, yes. Um, so anyway, Paul's got a job if anyone was worrying about that. Um, no. As has Sean, obviously. Um, Eileen comes back. So Paul is definitely fired now, he told... Yeah, he's I'd fired him. But, well, can't, he, but can't they have gone, look, okay... Well, he, didn't he resign? He said, I'm not working for you if I don't get paid. Yeah, he said that. And then and then Ed called the police on him because he said he'd stolen the heat pump. And they were both in the wrong, weren't they? So is it not back to, oh, easy come, easy go. Sorry about that. Know. Let's just both forgive each other. I don't know. Eileen has another surprise meal in the yard of number 11. And George is there with an olive branch that's actually privet. a privet twig. Um, and they have a lovely old time. But... But well, he, he, she, she thinks that he's going to... He says, Eileen, what a great romantic meal we're having. But don't forget, we're not dating each other. We're just friends. By the way, that reminds me, I have an important question to ask you. Oh, yes. Can you come and work at The Undertaker's for me? And Eileen goes, oh, gosh, my heart was a flutter. Eileen goes... Yeah, I don't know whether I've got a job at the moment, actually. Have no, I got a job? She's got, she's got jobs all over the place because she says I'm going to have to sort my shifts out. Is she, is she working at streetcars still, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, hurrah for that. More new jobs. Employment all over the place this week. Later on, or is it earlier? It doesn't matter. Around that time, we find out that Todd has sold his heat pump somehow. He's he's somebody snapped it off of his hands and he beat pump. Yes, um, but he hasn't been able to get the full five grand for it. So only he's able to give Will four. Um, then but wait a minute. wait a minute. Will's got a plan. He's got a phone. He sticks uh, when somebody very handily rings up Todd to distract him. Will sets up his video phone thingy and he records the conversation where Todd basically. Outlines the whole yeah every no, every Will dastardly says, scheme that he has come up with for the past three months he is able to summarise in the face of about thirty seconds. Funny we had been so lucky. Yeah. Um, Will says, Todd, you've outsmarted me, but I can't remember exactly what you did. So can you just tell me again? <laughs> Basically, it was. And that. then at the end of it, Todd says, "Right, this is what I done, and I don't even care." By the way always have an insurance plan and he gives him back the lighter and Will's like, thank you very much, takes his insurance plan and puts it in his pocket. Well, there is another very handy distracting phone call, isn't there? Just to bookend this, there are two yes. phone calls just um, so that Todd's distract- uh, Todd, Todd would be distracted. Todd goes, hello, Archie Shuttleworth. No, who is, who is it? George, hello, Shuttleworth Funeral Parlour. Sorry for your loss, move on. How can I help you? <laughs> so, um, Will Scarpers. Um, and then he look, watches the video and he's framed it very artfully. He's like w- watching one of those um, undercover 
journalist videos of Fergie selling the royal family for <laughs> well, ten grand. this was grand. the final, final like scene of the episode, wasn't it? it? Final scene of the episode. Yeah. Which is, you know, sometimes reserved for massive cliffhangers or, or you know, or something. Some sort. No, it's just a reminder of something that happened yeah. literally three minutes yeah. ago, just in case Will we've going. forgotten then. It's, yeah, it's Will sitting on the bench playing his video to himself going, wahaha, I, I recorded him. Just did you notice that audience? Will well, you going. definitely know now. Oh God, I just wonder if I flipped the camera by accident. Well, Gemma, right. I'll tell you what, I hope that Monday's episode starts off with Will looking at this video because I might forget I by oh, then. Yeah. But you've also forgotten to put on the scene where... Oh yes, the bishop is mad at Billy, isn't he? Because he really wants a heat pump right now. And... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> pump me archdeacon no todd tries to cheer him up by saying i've got a grand i've been saving up my wages and i've got a ding, thousand ding, ding. pounds he's, he's i, I he's, reminded michael of this yes he did actually sell the heat pump for five grand um, and he stole a thousand he, he, pounds he skimmed off a thousand of it before he for gave a holiday of a will. lifetime well they're going to have a nice honeymoon with summer aren't they and summer says oh God, as long as I'm not in a bedroom next to yours, I'll be fine. And everyone around the country surely was like, oh, jeez, really? <laughs> oh, I God. I isn't it grim, isn't it? Listen, I think that I they just... already have bedrooms next to each other. We're yeah. trying to work out the layout of this flat because we were watching a 2000 episode on the DVDs yesterday, weren't we? When they had, um, who was it that was living there at that time? Oh, it was, Kevin. It was Kevin, wasn't it? it was I mean, after there's, a, there's a whole nursery across opposite the Literally, front door. Where, where the fourth wall is always in Billy's flat, there's yeah. two two other rooms there yep. just opposite the sofa yep. that you'd, you'd never, never know, know exists anymore <laughs> so I, I, but really, anyway, I really really hope that one of them does she should go in that room yeah now. yeah it's just gross to I mean I know they're not related to her in any way at all but they still are her even just thinking about anyone at that age doing it is gross isn't it <laughs> they're like, our age oh no at summer's age oh yeah no I don't mean they're too old for it um <laughs> Right, so this, I thought, right, so this, him saying he's got a thousand pounds and they're going to go on a holiday of a lifetime. Now, what, for three people, how long are you going for? A day? And number two, I was like, I, I got really mad about this because Billy was like, what? You've, you've saved a thousand pounds? Like it was a complete impossibility for him to even imagine such an incredible amount of money. Mm. So I got mad and I went online to find out how much does an archdeacon actually get? It's a lot less than I thought it was, but it's still, you know, he, Billy should be sitting on some honeymoon fund of his own, is all I'm saying. He's on about well, 36... Well, not free. True, but he's got 36... He gets 36 grand a year as an archdeacon. Okay. Which is, I can't remember, 1,900 or something pounds a, a month after taxes, I think. How much money do you think that flat's really going for? Can't be much. No, it's about 600... Even if it does have a couple of extra mystery rooms. <laughs> a two-bedroom... When you get the flat valued, it's like, no, this is only a one-bedroom flat. No, what rent... Just don't, don't look Four where the camera Four-bedroom flat? For rent for that? No way. Um, yeah, three, a two-bedroom flat in Salford is about 600, 700 quid a month. Okay. Where's he... What's he spending his money on? Um, I don't know. Oh, he's probably pitching in for people's funerals. <laughs> Quite possibly. Okay, so what? What? Made... No, I'll just bring the. I need to bring this up. This is really nitpicky. I wasn't even going to mention it because yeah. I was thinking about it earlier and going, "Oh, he cares about this. This is kind of stupid." But Coronation Street really can never seem to get money right. 
I remember they you there was a time when they would never mention amounts of money. They would write things on bits of paper and push. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. I and they they never that. really talk about specific amounts of money, and I never understood why. But now I get it. Feels like they just can't ha- ever have a realistic number for anything. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Anyway, like fast amounts of money drop on people's laps. Somebody can can raise ninety six thousand pounds by doing a charity bicycle race where he crashes into Curtis. <laughs> so I mean, Curtis is like, yeah, I can raise four grand with a bunch of naked men for, with a calendar. Four grand for that. Mm. Heat pump, five grand, six grand, put it on Gumtree, stick a, th- stick a thousand pound in an urn. Maybe Billy's just going to, uh, or the, the, the bishop or whatever, is going to auction off the heat pump to, to top up Steve's charity fund. I need that heat pump for the auction. Um, why was this story so heat pants pump. this week? What was wrong with it? I don't know. Because there was something, wasn't there? It felt a bit lacklustre and I don't, I can't really put my finger on. I think that, that Will being the villain of the piece is... Will um, running rings around Weatherfield's finest Machiavellian prince was ridiculous. Wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, how old is he? I I don't know how old this this boy is in real life, but he looks like middle teen, middle-aged teenager, doesn't he? Like 15? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't find it particularly intimidating. George, but, George was being an asshole to Eileen. George really was, and I really, really, really want to like George, but he just gets really angry, doesn't he? Like, he, like Paul, he just his default like, um, reaction but, but, to anything is to screw his face up and go, "Oh, I should have never got involved with you." But the thing is, right? Um, we're supposed to find it endearing and funny when when George does it, but I don't because I don't know who he is really. Yeah. And he hasn't won me over. And I think there's probably a contingent of people who watched him in Benidorm who perhaps find this a bit more more likeable because I think maybe they're banking on the sort of affection that some viewers already have for the actor. And I'm sure that if you're somebody who's watched Benidorm, let me know if you have, you might find these antics a bit more palatable. But for me, you're just this grumpy old man getting angry with a grumpy old lady... And we're supposed to be rooting for them to, like, get together and, I don't know, what, bash each other with saucepans. I do get how, I mean, some of the, the the scrapes that Todd gets into might make George angry, but it just doesn't make it doesn't make entertaining sense. television it just doesn't, to see him yeah, no, getting cross all the time. And it also doesn't make sense why he keeps going, I'll just hire you. Like, if we had... Pre- this is the thing, to me, it feels like George and Eileen should have already be going out with each other. And then George then sees... Billy, uh, Todd as a son, surrogate son to him, and so therefore doesn't want to or cannot bring himself to fire him. That would make more sense. Mm. And then also why we're supposed to be rooting for Eileen and George to stay together, because at the moment it's just a pair of idiots who really, probably for domestic violence reasons, shouldn't be in a relationship because it looks like it might get physical. Okay, I'd, I'd just like to see some... I think they could work together. And, yeah, me too, but they just Archie need to Archie was shouting. lovely and gentle and wonderful and nice and, and George has definitely got the potential for that, but he, yeah, he just... There's just a, it's just kind of Stan and Hilderish without any of the, the sort of the, the charm... The, the warmth. Yeah. Yeah. There's no warmth behind it at the moment. It's just two people that fancy each other but also shout at each other for some reason. It's not romantic at all. It just feels very cliche, doesn't it? Like, just get on with it. 
And mm. of course, we have to raise the point that some people still are about how how appropriate it is to have comedy funeral mishaps. Uh, unfortunately, as long as this character and the set is in the show, there will forever be comedy I funeral. I don't. It doesn't. I, it doesn't bother, bother me. me. We said this when we had Ted's funeral that I know upset a lot of people, and that didn't particularly bother me either. And, I mean, and... the pandemic is going on, and people rightfully point out that now is not really the time. I found Todd stuffing the money into the urns kind of funny. I didn't think it was funny that they swapped over the the ashes and George was like, oh, well, okay, sarah, sarah. I thought it was silly. He's really inconsistent with what he thinks is acceptable. Like, on the one hand, he's happy to pay £5,000 out of his own money to make up somebody's funeral. And on the other hand, he's like, oh, just give them a Shetland pony. Well, how are they going to know? The Shetland pony mafia boss thing, that was what really annoyed me. Because it's like, oh, that wouldn't happen, would it? The writer just puts that in because it's, oh, isn't it funny that one of them's a Shetland pony and the other one's a gangster's son? Yeah, like, I, that... I, I honestly think that you... Cremate... I, I want I want Coronation Street to retain an, an ounce of believability. Just putting and... things like that in, it just... It just... When we get our pets, smacks of somebody saying, "Wouldn't this be funny?" And and there were there was it was kind of funny in a way with Todd saying, "Oh, this old lady's going to have a, a mafia boss's son round her neck." But oh, I don't I don't know. It just came across as a the... bit of a bad sitcom vibe, really. I <sighs> sorry. Oh, I didn't want to be. I didn't want to not like it this way. When it's not pants. I don't like Paul. We're supposed to be on Paul's side, but is there anything that Paul has done this week that's actually supposed to endear us towards him? He's just, again, grumpy, isn't he? He's... Should we move on? You're just going on and on. I'm really hot. It's a really hot evening. (laughs) Can we talk about the Ryan and Daisy storyline, which... Was that... Yes. but that, that that didn't even appear in Would you like me episode, to talk about it? it or are you going to carry on moaning? Yes, I would like to talk about it, please. Because we were last left last <sighs> week yes, with yes, De- Ryan yes. being lured into bed by no. lovely Daisy. No, we were not left like that. He, she was stroking his leg. We were left with uh, an, an inebriated Ryan and a fairly uh, put, well put together Daisy with, with her rubbing his leg under the table. And the next thing we know, on Monday... Rowan wakes up wearing not very much in Daisy's bed and Daisy comes in and says he was like a one-man festival last night. What does that mean? Um, banging. I thought she was talking about him hogging the toilets and overflowing it with <laughs> I think disgusting he was, waste. I think he was doing his DJ routine last night. I think that's what she was trying to say. Well, so um, how we left it on Friday um, engendered a lot of discussion about consent and what was going on and who you know yeah is this going to be issues is this going to be be an issues based storyline is she going to rape him you know we do we need reminding that if this is wrong um with the if the genders were reversed how would you feel then a lot of people talking about that and you know there were lots of different range of opinions about this it didn't really go there did it but this is the thing it was all jumping the gun wasn't it Mm. And the th- we don't actually know what happens. They both say that nothing happened. We also... Brian doesn't remember. He no. says, I would remember if, but he doesn't know. Daisy's the one that's told him nothing happened. Yeah, but did nothing really happen? I assume I nothing know. happened. Also, the other question is, what was, what was Daisy's intentions? Because some people assume that she meant to seduce and... Well, not, it's not seduction, is it? Because he was drunk. It, like, rape him, basically. Um... 
was that her actual intention or did she just want to put him in a compromising position where he'd get drunk and end up in her bed? Maybe. You know, we don't actually know because they haven't... We, Daisy's got not, not got anyone to talk to about this and we can't read her mind. No, it's like, is so Daisy the know. sort of person that would? And also we don't know whether Ryan would have gone, oh, as long as Arlie doesn't know, it's fine. I assume not as well. And um, the other thing I wanted to say about this is... The main thing is not what anybody else thinks about the situation. It doesn't matter whether you think it's fine and if, you know, Daisy had a uh, slept with Ryan and he was drunk, um, that would be fine because he's a lad, you know. Or you say, well, the, with the genders were reversed, then it wouldn't be on and you would recognise this as wrong immediately, etc, etc. That's kind of all irrelevant because all that really matters is what Ryan thinks of the situation. Mm. Because Ryan is the victim in this situation and it, and it really is his perception of what happened that is the only thing that matters, okay? But one thing I wanted to add in here is... This just proves to me how important it is to educate people and not just women about consent and when it is that you give it and when you don't. Because I can imagine Ryan going for years had they have had Daisy had raped him, never knowing that is what happened to him because he is a bloke mm. and blokes don't expect that to happen. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, the most important thing is to educate people on, on it so that they can decide for themselves how they feel about a situation given the knowledge that, that, you know, some people have and some people don't. That's all I wanted to say about this. It didn't end up being an issue storyline. No. Thank goodness, because I really was not... Didn't need that. Didn't Gemma, need can it. can you educate me on what happened this week in this storyline? Yes, piece? all right. I'm, I'm getting to it. <laughs> Go on, then. Daisy, yeah, Daisy's like, yeah, oh, sorry, nothing happened. Alia is leaving messages for Ryan. She doesn't know where he is. Daisy, Daisy's pretending that they, it's possible that they had slept together. She's like, oh, I don't know, but we were probably too drunk to do anything. Oh, did we kiss each other though? No. Oh, that must have just been a dream. We were just having a laugh. So she's feigning ignorance, but she's also kind of sowing the seeds of doubt in Ryan's mind mm-hmm. about what did I actually do last night? Ryan finds his phone and says, well, yeah, you know, I would remember if I'd been unfaithful. Or would I? See? I don't know. It raises a lot of interesting questions. I think that's just um, all it really needs to do, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's enough... Yeah, I think it's enough that we uh, sort of collectively had our... Each had our say, you know, as a a Corrie-watching community about how we thought and maybe some people had their perceptions challenged and perhaps some people didn't, I think. <laughs> um, Alia is telling Yasmin that when Ryan gets about what's going on, then Ryan comes home, he's very sheepish, she's mad about he- at him that he'd never even text her. Yeah, he was saying, oh, it got late, oh, it's... He's he's and and you're mad at me and he he's kind of coming up with these excuses really isn't he? She's like no, not having any of it. He says I'm sorry I was with my mates. We're still all right though, aren't we? And and she's okay, yeah. But you've got to come home straight home from work so that we can spend time together. Back at the pub, Ryan with Daisy is saying, oh, I still don't remember how I got upstairs. And Daisy's like, you were the one coming on to me, but I was having fun, so I don't really mind. She's such. Manipulative, um, Daisy. You need to get another trick before you age too much because this is not going to be working on anybody. <laughs> unfortunately, once you get past a certain age, I'm sorry, there's a shelf life for this kind of behaviour. 
Um, Ryan's like, no, we definitely wouldn't have done anything, but we should keep things professional from now on. So no more cocktail tasting business development meetings, Ryan. I guess you could have known that before. <laughs> and I'll stop flicking you on the arse with a wet bar towel as well. Ali comes into the pub and wants to have a special night later with Ryan and Daisy says, oh no, we've got to have a meeting with an events planner once Ryan finishes work. And um, she says, you can have dinner with Ali at any time. This thing sorting today. And Ali says, nope, he's coming home with me. And Ryan sides with Ali. Good for him. In the, they're in the back together, Ryan and Ali, Ryan and Daisy later. And <laughs> Ali walks in the threshold of the room, standing behind Ryan so he doesn't know that she's there and she's just there like earwigging Daisy looks at her and says oh isn't it awful about what happened last night and Ryan's like oh I hate I hate lying I'm gonna tell the truth and Ali walks in going well truth about what you're a trump you're a trump Daisy. I mean she should be saying that to Ryan as well <laughs> Ryan <laughs> is also tramp. Ryan is also a bit of a tramp you've been then gonna spend so much on your funeral is that victim blaming Gemma? <laughs> I don't know. But he is he is in general. I mean, not just in this situation with Daisy. He's a bit of a tramp, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but in a different way than Daisy. <laughs> Ryan, Daisy smirks. Ryan chases Ali around the pub, groveling and trying to apologise. Um, they get back to the house. Ali slams the door in his face. And Jenny and Billy are watching this happen. And, Billy's, and Jenny's like, oh, I don't know what's going on there. Um, then somehow Ryan gets in the house and says, sorry, I don't remember. It, um, I can't deny it's possible that we slept with each other because Daisy doesn't remember either. And Ollie's like, oh my God, I don't believe you. She goes to confront Daisy in the cafe. Daisy's like, look, okay, fine. I didn't, I didn't sleep with him. Um, I felt bad about what happened because Ryan came on to me. We had a little snog and then I put him to bed. Sorry, I can't tell a lie. That's what happened. Ollie goes back and says, Ryan, Daisy's told me everything. You're you're a tramp. <laughs> they both get a bit teary. She says, "Right, that's it. Um, you've thrown away our." She she goes, "You've thrown this all away. Like, what is all of this? What is this? <laughs> this relationship, this beautiful, budding relationship that is based on God knows what. What do they have in common? I literally, <laughs> I, I mean, know. apart from they both Jog- hated Jeff at one point. Yeah, they though. both hated Jeff. They both live in the same geographical area. Yeah, they're both a similar age." There's not much to go on, is there? It's not a, a lot there, no. But... You've thrown it all away on a fumble with a local barmaid. Oh, it didn't mean anything. I want to forgive you, but I can't. I we can never. I can never be with you again because I'll always be suspicious. It's over. <sighs> anyway, Jenny finds Ryan with his bags in Victoria Gardens. She's like, "Oh dear, um, did Daisy screw you over?" And he says, "Um." Well, he kind, of, he kind of says it is something to do with Daisy, but he doesn't. He doesn't say what, does he? Well, she takes him back to the pub, and I guess he he is he staying there now. Yes. Oh, that can't go wrong. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. Come on, isn't Jenny. It? Well, it gets worse by the end of the week. Well, let me tell you, Alia's with Yasmin later crying, and Yasmin says, "Oh, Daisy's going to eat him alive, and he deserves it." Victim blaming Yasmin <laughs> at the pub. Jenny listens in as Daisy and Ryan are talking. Daisy's saying, "Oh, oh, um." I like the attention that you gave me and I might not have the willpower to resist you next time. And anyway, Arlie's going to take you back if she, if she loves you. And Ryan's like, oh, bye. Jenny comes in and, and she's like, ah, so that's why you were, you were sexy the other day. And Daisy's like, I'm always sexy. 
Jen- Jenny, I was so disappointed in her because... This was dumb. Jenny's like, right, you, you're a big troll, aren't you? Once again, I have discovered that you're an evil scheming cowbag. I've uncovered your manipulative plans to ruin the lives of people around you for fun. And she's like, Jenny, I'm sorry. She says, oh, I'm such a big I'm, I'm so mad at myself because I'm so sexy, I can't help it. And Jenny's like, oh, Daisy. Oh, you poor love. Oh, it's so horrible, isn't it? Being being beautiful, I know. Why Why does Jenny say, why is she so I don't get this. This felt, this felt like the writer's just going, ah, come, this scene's over. This you know what I mean? Like, da- Jenny and Daisy com- have a confrontation and then Jenny gives in instantly, like immediately. Jenny managed to cope for like five years without Daisy being a part of her life. She just needs to to kick her out, really. She's a troublemaker. and Maybe she does feel guilty about it and everything, but Daisy's, Daisy's proven again and again and again that she isn't to be trusted. Nope. She's just Daisy- a nasty piece of work. Jenny falls for this, the crocodile tears. And then Daisy has the decency to at least look slightly guilty when Jenny leaves her mm. pretend crying in over the fake granite or marble, whatever it is. Wednesday, Ryan's groveling to Alia, saying, oh, I was at the Rovers last night because you kicked me out. And he's like, she's like, I don't care. If you're single, you do what you like. He's moping in the pot in the pub. In but, the pot. <laughs> well, I mean, from the way you've written these notes, he could have been mopping as well. I don't know. <laughs> Daisy says, um, look... The other night, we just had a cuddle. It was no big deal. That's the worst thing that happened. Don't worry about it. Alia sends Ryan a text, summoning him to the house, and he goes, um, and Daisy gets her nose put out of joint because he leaves her again to go off to grovel to Alia. So he goes over there with flowers, and she says, no, I just texted you so you can come and get your stuff. Alia, the traditional method is to throw it out of the bedroom window onto the street while you shriek and about what a That's horrible cheating. That's the curry way, isn't it? Bastard he is. You don't text him to come and get his stuff. Come on, you can do better than that. She says, he says, sorry, sorry. And she says, I can't forgive you. I deserve better. She's been reading self-help books or watching motivational videos on YouTube, <laughs> I think. And uh, listening to uh, James Blunt, perhaps, and crying. <laughs> Daisy sees Alia kicking Ryan out with all his bags and he goes back to the Rovers with Daisy moaning about the fact that uh, he's like, oh, do you know what the worst thing about all of this is? Not just that I've lost my girlfriend and I'm homeless and I'm being manipulated by a skank, but I've also... (laughs) (laughs) But I've also just been offered this really sweet DJing gig in the skiing resort because what do they do in their downtime in the summer? They like the DJs, and I've got a free ticket for someone else, and I don't know who to take. Daisy, do you want to come? Yeah, of course, I'd say I'd love to. He's such a thing, Okay, isn't then. He's, he's like, literally, he's like, I don't know who will go with me on this free trip. Well, and, and she says something, does he say something about sharing rooms? I don't know. This is just like when um, Jenny slept with Ronnie accidentally, and then. <laughs> He just keeps hanging about and she's like, oh, I shouldn't really have anything to do with you. But oh, yeah, you can come back and be lodging with me again. Literally, you were the cause of my marriage splitting up. But yeah, fine. Come back, fair. come back and live here again. And Ryan's like, you just caused me to split up with my girlfriend. Yeah, I suppose I'll go on holiday with you. To be fair, this is a bit like me sitting on the sofa complaining how fat I am eating ice cream. <laughs> So I really, I can sympathise with this. Oh, dear me. So this story was... 
not the best. Because I kind of didn't mind I did. I didn't mind it. It felt a bit like... Um, I didn't like Jenny just being such a walkover because her character is that she's also quite savvy. She really is. She should be. And she... She's, she's I mean, just blind but they, when it to comes be fair, to Daisy. They have established that she is blind when it comes to Daisy. Yeah, so. I don't like it. I don't like it, though. Um, but but then, I would. what I want is a scene with Jenny saying this to somebody. If it has to be Ronnie, so be it. You know what? I know she's a bad and I know that she's wrong, but oh, when I look at her, I just see that little girl. When, when she was younger, she was such an angel. And when I see her now, I just see that beautiful, young, innocent girl and I can't bring my... You know what I mean? Yeah. We need some kind of excuse, some kind of alibi for Jenny being uh, a bit um, silly with... Yeah. with yeah. So anyway, the, the other problem with this was still that you know, like you like you said earlier, the Ryan and Alia relationship. I know that don't it, care about it. I've been saying for fans, ages, but yet yet again, Corey has done the minimum possible over the last how long have they been out? Two years to make us care about them. They also just seem intrinsically um, don't split up. Who cares? They just seem incredibly incompatible because before before Daisy even tried this on Ryan. They already there was a, there was a wedge there that she exploited, wasn't there? Because Ryan is a dreamer and a, a layabout, and I'm I am the same. I'm not complaining about that. But Alia is very driven and ambitious, and I cannot see them ever making a future together. They've when... always struck me as being like, why, why are you going out exactly. with each other? Is it apart from from plot convenience? Honestly, they're both holding each other back because Alia wants to move out. She wants to get. A, she wants to get. A, um, develop her career. She wants a, a partner who's equally driven. I imagine she wants to get lots of money, get a nice house, have a family, and live a sort of a very kind of nice suburban life. Ryan probably would be still happy if he was sleeping on someone's couch when he's 50, as long as he's doing his streaming yeah. DJ set and he's getting lots of like emojis I've or just whatever they'll be in. I, I've just never really time. felt the spark between no, them. There they, one. they They seem like friends and I can't They're say any pals. more than that, honestly. Yeah. So, but... Um, I think we've said everything do, that we've got to say about So do this. do you think do you believe Daisy that nothing happened? Yeah. I because I don't I uh, don't want to complicate this. I don't need The thing is about this storyline is that we've had a male rape storyline not that long it, ago. Yeah. Um and admittedly it was di- under different circumstances, but I think that Corey's done enough to sow the seeds in people's minds of thinking I understand now what people are saying when they talk about consent and it is just as important for a man etc etc we don't really need ryan the story's not about that you know the story with david was about that and how he felt about it and how he came to terms with it and and the the ramifications for his life with ryan the whole story is just to split him and alia up so if if that was the case why why wouldn't daisy have bedded him she could have had him because they don't want because the writers don't want us to write Daisy off. But I, I'm just I'm just kind of taking like that from as, her perspective. As, yeah, yeah. I don't know why she did it unless, unless she's doing it because she she realizes that maybe that would be too far, and if yeah, she maybe she splits them up now, he will come. You know, come to her eventually because she definitely also, fancies him. She's got enough of an ego to to sort of in her mind not want him to be blind drunk. Like, she won't, probably wouldn't prefer suppose, no. yeah. to win him over willingly. Yeah, she doesn't like the sort that would settle for a bit of a drunken fumble if she could wait, a, you know, a week and get a... 
She probably Night also of hot, sober passion. really likes the fact that she managed to split Ryan and Alia up without even sleeping with Ryan. That just seems to be her thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Splitting people up. Yeah. Um, so do you, do you think that Alia is right not to forgive him? Because she, she he was seemed silly. fairly adamant that she wasn't going to take him back. We actually don't know whether they kissed or hugged each other. No, we don't, we don't even know whether they kissed. I mean, honestly, to me, it's bad enough that you were in someone else's bed. Yeah. And he had his clothes off as well. That's, that's what made me think that maybe they did do something. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to assume not. He was not. pretty um, déshabillé on Monday morning. And yes, did, I know. did he take his own top off? Did she take it off? Did I they don't throw know. it off in a fit of passion? I don't know and I don't did care. Did he have anything on the bottom? I don't care anymore. Was he doing a late night audition for the Belleville calendar? I don't know. But uh, something might have happened. Why do you want something to have happened? No, I don't. Because it's a massive can of worms and I'm not interested. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, the, anyway, the, the anyway, is not over, is it? Like I've said about a million times before on the show, it's relevant what anybody else thinks about whether Alia and Ryan should have stayed together and whether Alia should forgive him or not. In a relationship, no one else's opinions about where your boundaries are are relevant. If Alia and Ryan have a mutual understanding that kissing and hugging and sleeping in someone else's bed is no-go then the relationship, she is right to end it. Mm. Other people can have a relationship where somebody else goes and off, has a protracted love affair with somebody, and that's fine. Also, cool, as long as they both agree. Yeah. The only problem is when you don't have an equal understanding of where the boundaries are. Mm. And that's the whole point of for, this show. I don't blame her for being a bit miffed that he literally went back to the scene of the crime the next He's night, dumb. when he could have gone and stayed with Carla, maybe. Yeah, I mean... No victim blaming on this show whatsoever. Um, but if if um, Alia... Uh, the thing is, Alia was like, don't go anywhere with her. And it wasn't anything to do with what happened, what Daisy did to him. It was what Ryan... What, the fact that Ryan was like drinking with her in the back room when Alia specifically said, she's trying to get you. Mm. I'm worried about this. If your partner is worried about about you being close to somebody... And you, you respect away. them, and and you know, and, and they're not and they're not trying to control you because that's the other thing. Obviously, you don't want somebody who's like will never let you have a friend or mm. hang around with somebody. But anyone can see what Daisy's doing. <laughs> so, do you think that they're just going to come back from the Alps <sighs> oh. and um, they'll be together? Are we going to miss? I want us to have an on location at the Alps few scenes. Corey on location. Why not DVD spin off? <laughs> Ryan, Ryan and Daisy. Well, they just get a shed somewhere, can't they, and say that it's a, an alpine hut. I mean, this time of year, you can. There's no snow, is there? Uh, I don't know. I've never, I've never been. Have I been to the Alps? I don't know. I've been skiing, but I don't know what the mountain was. Right. Speaking of no clothes, the full Monty next. This is a bit of a funny storyline, wasn't it? Steve has invited Curtis round for a curry for, with Tracy and Emma later on Monday um, uh, Monday episode. And this is where we learn that Steve has earned £96,000 from all this cycling and jogging and whatever he's been doing. And Curtis Baffling. says, it's a shame that, it's, that you've stopped when it's so close to getting a nice round figure of £100,000. I don't so, get Curtis. I'm suspicious of everything he does because his character makes no sense. Well, he's like, yeah, I've been going out with, with Emma for you know a good couple of weeks now. Maybe now's the time to say, can you can I see your dad with his clothes off and all of his mates? Honestly, weird, isn't it, it really feels like Curtis is like, I don't... It, this, right, this is in my mind. The only thing that makes sense to me is that his, his, he's trying to be a doctor 
Oh yeah, I keep forgetting that, yeah. I think he's training to be a dermatology specialist. (laughs) And what he's doing is he's making a map of everybody's freckles... As part of his dissertation You've or something. Got it, my gum. And this is why he desperately needs nude photographs of all the men of Weatherfield <laughs> because nothing else makes any sense. Who it's... is this calendar? Can I just ask this? I don't know anything about naked calendars. I find the whole idea ridiculous. I know people think it's funny, but I, I think the joke is. I don't get the joke anymore. The fact that they exist is funny. We don't actually. You don't actually need to make one for me to get the joke that a naked calendar. I. I just don't. I, I'm not. I'm not the audience for this at all. I, I would. I would pay you money not to. Not to show it to me. <laughs> but who is this aimed at? I guess he's going for as broad a spectrum as possible because he's got James Bailey and Steve McDonald in it. They need to is put like James Bailey on the cover of this calendar, really, if they're hoping to this get £4,000 pounds for it. When they were saying, oh, we've got 13 people, I don't know what to do. It's like, I was going, put James Bailey on the cover, you absolute donkey. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he wants to... He's, the, if the James Bailey is, basically... is not naked with a football in front of his crotch, they've they've just ruined the whole concept. <laughs> I know. Um, so the, the, the whole week, basically, is him and Emma trying to... Um, get people to sign up. Enlist people. Like for their naked calendar. I've noticed, and I'm all for this, society becoming increasingly more prudish as time gets on, right? How is this not sexual harassment? For this bloke to be walking around going, oh, take your clothes off for dead children. What, you hate dead children? Are you going to tell Steve that you, you're glad Ollie's dead and you won't take your pants off? Is that what you're trying to say? Oh, I'll sign you up for December then, This is Colin. a bit like the Ryan and... Um... Uh, Daisy story where it's another one like if the boot was on the other foot would we think about it in a different if way if Curtis was going around trying to get all the ladies baps out and yeah because it wasn't just Curtis was it it was Emma asking all the men to take the kits off for the calendar yeah if Curtis was going up to you know Eileen and Jenny and Sally it's that would just, be really I just find this really <laughs> and, odd and not only that but tricking them into it which is what Wednesday is because Monday's Listen episode again, ends I want to say I don't want I don't want to blame victims ever but these people would really readily agreed to do something that they said they really didn't want to do so yeah. I so the, Steve at the end of Monday's episode is a bit like I don't really fancy that actually thank you very much but on Wednesday they are able to masterfully ensnare him into it by saying, oh, there's going to be free food and booze at the photo shop, uh, photo shoot, sorry, that'd be good, wouldn't it, Steve? And Steve's like, oh, yeah, definitely. And then they're also like, oh, and uh, Mr. December, eh? That's a really important one. Um, we, we reckon Dev maybe should be that. And he's like, I'm much cleverer than Dev. Um, no, he says, I'm much funnier than Dev. I'll do it. I'll be so Mr. December. He's on board. Can I just also add to this that that um, I'm sure this will never happen. What? But so this really is to raise money in yeah. the memory of Ollie. Yes. What does Leanne think about this project? Does she think it's funny that all the men in Weatherfield are getting their cocks out for her <laughs> dead child? I don't know. She used to take her clothes off for money as well, didn't she? So how much she raised? £96,000? Yeah, she probably only has to. But like... do you see how this is another example of like really bad taste um, charity fundraising on Coronation Street? Like the time that they arranged a bunch of comedic drag acts for Toya's rape in what? the Rovers. They had a drag night to raise money for um, a charity oh, yeah, for Toya's... 
Gus and Gus. The Gatsby sisters aren't doing very well with the charity fund, are so they? Steve's on board. I just, Dad, I just say, on, I just then. want to say, when it comes to raising money for charity, just stick to running or cycling. Baking cakes. Nothing that anything to do with sex or nudity or bad jokes. Dev is reluctant to do this as well because he says it's giving him flashbacks to when he had yeah. that. And that was a nice reference, wasn't it? It was the Tara thing, the, the big Dev yeah. unveil or the big photograph of Dev with Liar sprawled across it back. That was like 20 years ago now, wasn't it? And can it? we also say, if this was a flat, if this was a issues based story, this is why it's re- like I'm getting a bit of ideological whiplash from the show sometimes. Maybe he does have PTSD from this because he was also... Is that not also sexual harassment and revenge porn? Putting a giant naked picture of somebody and revealing it in front of everybody. I mean, if you uploaded that picture to the internet now, would that not be revenge porn? Yeah, but Gemma, it's funny when it happens to a man. Remember? Just oh, like yeah. The, this naked calendar is funny because it's men that it's... It's funny. I'll tell you how you can tell... How you can tell if it's a joke on Coronation Street or not, if you're supposed to take it seriously. If the scene happens and then a character at the end gurns, it's funny. But if they don't and they cry, it's sad. So for people who haven't been watching Coronation Street for all that long, there was a story back in the early 2000s where Dev went out with this girl called Tara, who was a fairly bit younger than him. He was also dating her mum at the same time. Tara finds out, is a little bit mad about it. I think she takes Dev back. And so they're going out for a little bit longer. And then he has it off with someone else. And this is when, for revenge, because she's like had an art show with him or something like that, she takes an arty farty photo of him in the buff. Um, and, with a rose. Um, with a rose. He does have a rose, doesn't it? And then unveils it, draped down the side of Victoria Court flats for the whole world to see. Um, there's as, a big the ceremony, line. isn't there? Yes, there and is. And he's there, uh, humiliated in front of everybody. Yeah, so he's like, I don't really fancy that, actually. Thank you very much. But Emma and Curtis managed to butter him up um, because they say, oh, we've, we've asked all the local ladies who... Um, who they want to be in our local calendar and your top three, Dev. And he's like, oh, really? So he's To in. me, if, that, if somebody told this to me and then they said, yeah, quite a lot of the people around here want to see you with no clothes on, I'd have to move. I'd find that <laughs> traumatic. I'd be, I'd be scared of being raped. <laughs> Can you see, like, this to me, I get, I get that we're supposed to think it's funny and Dev's... I'm a prude, etc. and I'm frigid and all this kind of stuff. I just don't like the idea of it. I think it's really gross. Dev, Dev is a bit of a player and he thinks that he's, you know still desirable doesn't he I mean, we just saw the well, thing with the Sharon thing. a few months ago this is the other thing this is being played as a joke because all of these men were supposed to be laughing at the thought that anybody wants to see them naked so it's ageist sexist and it's also um har- sexual harassment tim time later um literally they only have to walk up to tim and i'm like Okay, what's going to happen here then? They say, you know what, Tyrone says you'd chicken out of this. And Tim's like, I would never do that. I'm in. When literally 10 seconds before he doesn't want to do it at all. So, um, anyway. I mean, I'm not going to get too mad about this. Like, this is supposed to be a funny story. I think I'm going to shut up moaning about it. I don't know whether by this point they've got the, the whole the full compliment. But um, also, we also get a little thing at the end of the episode where Jenny asks Emma if she's had any joy bonking Curtis yet. And apparently, apparently not. Um, if... Tim's picture is not him naked astride tiny. Again, <laughs> Mr. Trick. Oh, you need to have a Lady Godiva wig on. What, what's everyone Can else you gonna... imagine the, the animal handler for tiny 
what's his what's he called hercules or yeah. no he's called something different yeah i think no no the original horse's name was going to be hercules wasn't it i can't remember anyway the handler for the the, the actor who plays tiny the horse <laughs> when tim when uh what's it he's joe datine gets off like spraying the horse down with detox and like getting a hand wipe and just wiping the <laughs> like so it's just covid just if gone. i was having a naked photo shoot and um like tiny was i, I wouldn't want to be in a photo be compared. Because, yeah yeah compared to tiny <laughs> and have maybe the word tiny somewhere on the page yeah i don't think, tim I'd, and I tiny. Don't think I'd fancy which that. one's which tiny tim yeah <laughs> <laughs> So he's gonna he's gonna be on a horse, is he? Steve, we've already learned, is gonna have um, a pair of car keys. Tracy reckons covering his manhood. Well, I, do, I don't think Tim's gonna be on a horse. That's just my fantasy. He's gonna have his, he's gonna have a bucket for his window cleaning round, isn't he? Who Tim? Tim, yeah. Um, who else have we got? What's Dev gonna have? Banana, <laughs> maybe from the, from the shop. So in your mind, James... in your can I just say in your mind they're literally all of them standing. Facing the camera with an object, like, grasped in front of their... Well, they might go full on Austin crotch. Powers and make it a bit more artier than that. you got Kevin's going to have a wrench or a spanner or a lug nut or something like that. So, long and thin, James, James Bailey's got his... his He's football. got to have a football. Um, who else is that? What's Imran going to have? Yes, Imran is involved in this. I get very disturbed we did, by this. This has just got, you know, a throwaway How line today, doesn't it? How many have we got? Cut, well, hang got, on a minute. They've got... Chesney, like, who asked Chesney? What was... I don't want to be rude, but nobody wants to see Chesney. Nobody wants to see any of these no, people. No, I know. And I would say that if they were women as well, because I'd, like... There's a reason that supermodels and naked models get paid lots and lots of money, because they have exceptionally beautiful bodies, and most of us do not. You don't know Sam Aston might be rocking a six-pack down there? <laughs> I don't... Down I really don't want to ever know. going to have a squirty bottle of garlic sauce. Oh, like what? <laughs> yeah. Spraying it towards, towards the camera. The camera. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or a dog bone or something. Maybe that's what Kirk can have. A dog bone, right. Kirk, Chesney, Imran, Steve, Oh, Dev, Adam's going to do it, isn't Adam, he? Adam, James. He's going to be behind a sewing machine. I'm only um, on seven. Ryan, is he doing it? I can't remember. I don't remember. They've got they've got thirteen people anyway, haven't they? By the end of today's episode, I literally, I don't want to see thirteen. They're people not having like Brian because he's doing the photos today. He was so offended they didn't ask him, and I couldn't see why they didn't either. Oh no! I mean, why? What is, why other difference? people, but not him? Just because he's slightly everybody is beautiful. slightly rounder. Slightly rounder. If I was in a naked calendar, yeah. Gemma, what what do you reckon my job themed? Um, <sighs> Can I just say, if you were in a naked calendar and you had any job-related prop, you would rightfully be fired (laughs) because you're a primary school teacher. I think I would have a ruler. No, a metre stick. (laughs) What about one of those... um, those wheels that clicks and... Trundle wheel. <laughs> trundle wheel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what they call you, old trundle wheel. piece of chalk, more like rolling. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, uh, what happened on... I would wear a duvet for mine. Oh, yeah. No, you'd have... Um, I can't think of anything good to, to cover your modesty that's editing-related. Nothing's big enough. <laughs> um, okay, you have know, a couple of monitors, maybe. I don't want to talk about it. It's making me feel funny. Friday, um, 
Brian's on the run from Amy because he thinks he's going to be asked to be in the calendar. Right, again, the, why is this child harassing people? <laughs> well, she's she's only asking people about um, the... The photography. the photography. Anyway, isn't she 18 by now, Amy? I don't care. It's not appropriate for an 18-year-old girl to be approaching a grown man who has recently been in the papers and harassed. Next, he's going to have pedo written on the door. <laughs> yeah. Um, James agrees... Um, as well, and then and he, he he does this thing. It's like you got to ask my agent, and my agent, I'm gonna have a rider with like iced tea or whatever. And I was thinking, actually, James, you're joking, but you probably well, that's should. That's what ask I was thinking. You probably should, and your really. agent probably would say no. You cannot be in this naked calendar. Well, your sex life has already been splurged across social media <laughs> over just a couple of months ago, and maybe taking your kit off. I don't know. Maybe it's good publicity for the for the football club. I don't know. I really don't think that it's going to change anybody's I, mind. I, 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 I don't know. I wonder. He's got a bad opinion. So, because um, the 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 tragedy here is that um, James uh, Curtis can't count, and now he's got thirteen people that have signed up for the calendar. So what's he going to do? He needs to look at his list of 13 and say, who's the least desirable one here? Like, Who do one I not these? really want to have yeah. in my calendar? Who do I fancy? That, like, this is what I, I... I don't think this is the case. But on, honestly, Coronation Street is kind of setting it up like Curtis is some kind of incorrigible pervert who is trying to get these pictures of these men for his own perverted delight I know it's so odd isn't it he goes to number five he's going to tells... get all the photographs and then he'll scarper over the hill and far away and we'll never see, see him again, again. <laughs> and then we'll be like oh I thought it was strange anyway um, Ches- Chesney says yeah that's fine if, if I'm not going to if you don't want me to do it that's that's he bites his hand off basically well, he also gives him a bit of advice about Emma and says yeah don't worry she was a bit slow going with me too but if she didn't like you you'd know about it so don't worry I really do also did not like this entire story revolving around the fact that they've known each other for like two weeks and they haven't shagged so something's gone horribly wrong somewhere. I know, I know. Well, I mean, Emma did drop her drawers for David like within hours of meeting him that first time, didn't she? (laughs) She she has been known to... Yeah, she's a bit of a sexual deviant, is that, Emma? (laughs) Is she? She is, yeah. Um, She's a randy bogger. Gemma's Gemma's got her, her nose put out of joint here because she was excited about Chesney being naked in the calendar and I don't get this because surely she can have a naked picture of Chesney whenever she wants and she doesn't have to share it with people. I think I guess Gemma just doesn't mind. Doesn't mind having it, her fellow like splashed the, across right, the Right, so uh, let me get this straight. She found it slightly too intrusive to have a poster of herself with her children advertising supermarket food in return for hundreds of thousands of pounds. But having a photo of her boyfriend naked in a calendar is absolutely A-OK with her, <laughs> to the point at which she's actually forcing an uncomfortable and um, embarrassed Chesney to do it, seemingly against his own will. Also, grooming his pubic hair without his consent. <laughs> what, did she? Well, she said she's... Oh, she's going to do a bit of waxing, isn't she? He doesn't want to do any of this, and this is also supposed to be funny. And all the people, can I just say, at the beginning of the week, or last week, going, oh, Daisy and Ryan, if the roles were reversed, what would you think of it? Same here. That's what I said earlier. I know, but I'm just saying, like, even further on, this is why it gets really murky when Coronation Street um, does comedy and issues that are basically the same story. Yeah, well, anyway... Not Ch- that there's ever been an issue space story about a naked charity character. 
<laughs> you've been affected by this story, though. If you've been, if you've been naked in a calendar against your will, please call the police. Don't, don't come to ITV. It's fine, though, because Chesney's going to share a page with Kirk, isn't he? Which will be Emma bit... suggests this. I oh, know, that was that's gross. Emma suggests this to Curtis. So not only can... And Curtis is like, yeah, I should have thought that. Not only can Curtis not count beyond 12 but he also cannot imagine two things at once <laughs> and he wants to be a doctor yeah i suppose actually if you're a doctor you only need to count to i oh know you need to be able to count to 20 just to check all the fingers and toes <laughs> um anyway the episode ends and, and emma and curtis go and have whoopee together in a flat so also well that ends I well d- there. i hated this as well at the end of this scene curtis and emma are in the bar together and he says um they both do the old i want to talk to you no i want to talk to you first um, Curtis says, oh, Emma, you're going to dump me, aren't you? I know you are. Um, and she says, no, I'm not. And he says, what? the reason I thought that was because the whole taking things slow thing is really difficult with, on me because every time I'm around you... I want to jump your bones. And literally, the implication here is that he is so overwhelmed with sexual urges that he wants to hold her down and molest her and this is supposed to be romantic this reminds me of twilight when we're supposed to think that edward is and um whatever her bland face is are in this really romantic super relationship and he's like a hundred year old man who keeps crawling in the bedroom window of an of an 18 year old girl and sleeping in her bed and that's supposed to be romantic literally he's there going i can't control myself so i'm backing away from you if you literally can't physically control yourself around somebody who has said don't want to sleep with you right now and so you have to physically distance yourself from them because you're scared you might rape them perhaps you need you've got a problem <laughs> and you should stop focusing on this on the nude charity calendar that you're on and go and like put yourself in a sex addict rehab facility or something. <laughs> I think that sounds too exciting for Curtis. I'm not. Curtis I'm... is boring as hell. If he is up to something shady, it will be the most exciting thing that's ever happened to him. Because he's, he's, he's been boring. in the show for quite a while now, and he's fine, but he's not exciting, is he? As a character, no. he doesn't have a whole lot going for him. Sadly, he reminds me. I don't me a dislike bit... him, but come on, he reminds me a bit of Andy. Yeah, he's fairly personality I mean, if somebody kidnapped Curtis and put him in the basement, I'd, I'd be thrilled. I'd find him much more interesting. Oh, I thought you were talking about Andy McDonald. No, I'm talking about Andy, um, basement Andy. Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But also, yeah, Andy McDonald, equally boring. Yeah. So, uh, this story was okay. At least this story wasn't trying to this be serious or dramatic. This story was so problematic to me. At least he wasn't trying to be serious and dramatic like the others, so I, I, it was fine. I guess we'll see more of that next week. I guess we'll see more of the Curry men than we've ever seen before next this week This is the well. trouble with Coronation Street. If, if I get bored by a week, um, I just get really nitpicky about everything. Literally, there's nothing wrong about a, a charity nude calendar thing. It's supposed to be a bit of a laugh, but because I'm annoyed about everything else that's happened, I just want to pick holes in it. Mm. Um I don't, they, 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 it, was, it didn't seem like it was that long ago since they did the full Monty thing. Um, it was when they had the Rovers fire, didn't they? There was a load of guys at the bistro, uh, Carl Monroe and Dr. Matt and, and maybe Tommy Duckworth and a few others doing a strip at the bistro. Do you remember that? I just don't find it in... I... We are just a bunch of prudes. I am a prude we? because I... I'm not, no, I'm not a prude because I don't care if other people do it, but literally, I'd much rather like have a prawn cocktail. <laughs> Paper stay for Gemma. <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, what do we call yeah. this? Oh, yeah. Stapes Paper Caper. Yes. What's Fizz featuring this week? Featuring the real-life daughter 
Oh, yes, of the Dr. Actress. Gaddis. He plays Dr. Gaddis. Yes, Chris the Journo is apparently, I just read this on Reddit, I don't know even if it's true, the daughter of Dr. Gaddis. But when we watched this, we also felt the aura of Hayley Tomadden about her because she has this she really was a bit lovely kind of bubbly smile too, didn't she? Yes. Miss Hayley Tomadden. I totally show. miss Hayley in this Right, show. on Monday, Beth says, oh, Beth's, Beth, no, Beth's been back for a while now. Why do you Calm down. She was a bit back last week. No. Last week. <laughs> Beth, Monday, Beth advises Fizz to move on and start dating to wind Tyrone up. And she gets her to sign up to a dating app against her will. Again, consent <laughs> is the word of the week. <laughs> she writes down that she's a single mum who's been jilted by her ex-partner for a younger model. And Fizz is like, I'm going to write a profile that puts all the men off. Um, so I'm going... And, and she says, what's... She writes down she's very bitter and angry, which apparently is VBA. Wants, yeah, VBA. I don't think that's real. That means... Vagina. Bums and... <laughs> I don't know. And the other word for bum. Uh, vagina. Barely no, accessible. <laughs> That's what that put people off. I put curses off. <laughs> yeah. I've had a horrible accident, VBA. Don't ask. <laughs> Fizz gets a beep early, later, which is a reply, going, I like the cut of your jib. Honesty for once, fancy a meat. Um, Fizz is like, hooray. But then Alina comes past and she's like, ooh. Well, Fizz, Fizz didn't think that she was going to get anyone, but the fact that somebody is paying her attention gives her a bit of the... Of course, anyone would feel. Yeah, feels a bit, like, a bit wanted. <sighs> which made her feel gutted for her when what actually happened I know, happened. this is awful. Evelyn is impressed when she hears and says, oh, yes, definitely go. And Fizz Shave your legs, Fizz, before you go. Doesn't she say that? Does she? Oh, yeah, she does. She does. She, yeah. Um, so she gets all dolled up. She goes to the bistro and finds out that Chris is a, is a unisex name. What? And it's actually it's a, lady. a plucky reporter who decided, rather than what they normally do, which is to go on Twitter and go, does anybody have a story they can tell me about being jilted by their lover? She decides to set up a honey trap. <laughs> And is she this... didn't think that this would like cause any problems or people would get mad at her. Is this really a thing? <laughs> she... Are they that starved for news at the yeah, Weatherfield it... Gazette? Listen, Michael, it's summer and summer is silly season for journalism. There's literally nothing nothing happening apart from the pandemic and the Olympics and everything else that's going on. Well, there was also the um the 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 MLM thing that was um that hit the headlines <laughs> recently, wasn't it? Who else? There was a couple of people that have been and somehow made it to front page news is in the weather is the front page of the weatherfield gazette the new weatherfield good samaritan awards yeah maybe i think i think of james bailey he was um oh yeah bailey was on at number one wasn't he yeah yeah um anyway so i don't the... think tyrone and alina made it to the front page but <laughs> woman dumped for younger <laughs> model mate hold the front page this hasn't happened before no front page is heat pump stolen <laughs> Local also Archbishop. inside, what is a heat pump? <laughs> Local Archbishop perturbed. <laughs> <laughs> quote from quote from Arch Archdeacon's boyfriend. You just claim it on the insurance. <laughs> anyway, local local um, funeral parlour owner gulp. <laughs> moving on. Uh, moving on. Um, Chris, the the journalist, says, "Hey, I want to hear your story. You're such a great person. 
why don't you tell me what your horrible boyfriend did to you? And Fizz is like, I'm not interested. And then she says, well, what if I just changed all the names? And Fizz is like, perfect. No one will know then, will they? On Wednesday, the factory girls are asking Fizz about what happened at the date last night. See, when when um, Fizz went into the bistro and the woman was like, it's me, Chris. And I was thinking, hmm... Is Fizz gonna date a girl? Yeah, I was. I thought she that looks as well. Quite fun, actually. I don't. I think I'd have a drink with her. I and then it just turned into like improbable journalist story. He's got nothing to do. Yeah, like during a pandemic, don't arrange to meet somebody when Ra- you random strangers in the bar. No, I would have been. I would have been so mad if I was Fizz. Like literally, she didn't want to go for this dating site anyway. She's been feeling super undesirable for the past few months anyway because of Tyrone leaving her. And then she's like, "Oh no, maybe actually, maybe I've got something going for me because this person signed up to see me." And then it turns out to be a trap. I'd have been right peeved off if I was her. Stubber in the face. Yeah. Here you go, here's your front page. <laughs> um, yeah, they're asking Fizz about the date, and she's, she's keeping stum, but she says, it wasn't exactly what I expected. So she meets up with Maria in the cafe, and t- Maria says, actually, I think it'd be good for you to vent to the papers. That sentence should never be said to anybody, because it's the worst advice I've ever heard. Venting to the papers is what gets people in trouble, <laughs> and what and what adds all those little numbers onto your Wikipedia page and the personal life section. Yeah. I feel bad that Maria has got to this stage in her relationship with Tyrone as well, that she's happy to see him, his name dragged through the mud. She used to love him. She said, I do, on top of Blackpool Tower. Beautiful. Mm. Fizz meets up with a journalist and she goes on and on about her own. She gets a bit drunk. She starts spouting cliches about how she doesn't want to be a cage bird anymore, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, she does get a the bit The journalist tiddly, is probably she? just thinking, I could have just written this by watching Bridget Jones's diary. I could have just watched Coronation Street and written this myself. Yeah. So, on Friday, Fizz tells Maria that she's talking to the journalist and Maria's like, don't worry, this is the perfect thing. Then Kirk finds the article online and even Kirk can tell that it's, this is about Fizz... That shows Alina. just how blatantly obvious it is that even he can pick up on the subtle clues. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> well, I mean, how many people have knocked up their Romanian girlfriend mm. and also work in a, in a local um, car parlour? What's it called? Carriage. That's car right. parlour. I don't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's not me at all. And Sean looks and, and it's like, yeah, this is definitely you, Fizz. What is, I mean, how, how can it be that precise? You'd think you'd change some of the details, not just the names. Yeah. Uh, so, Alina has caught wind of this. Yeah, Fizz just spends most of the episode going, no. What do you mean? I've not even read the article. What article? <laughs> Alina's like, Fizz, you have betrayed us and you make us look so terrible in the papers. Um, she she shows Tyrone. Tyrone, look, this is about us, and he's he's like, oh yeah, it's, isn't it? And she says, oh, I don't like this because it makes by relating the facts, it makes us look bad. <laughs> like when you say all the things we have done, somehow it just looks really awful for us, <laughs> don't you think? Tyrone's probably likes the idea of the snake of candy going around because it's going to take people's minds off the silly car portrait that he's got Tell done, you what, isn't it? If Chris had found out while she was in the Rovers interviewing 
fears for like the oldest story ever told like people break up every now and then <laughs> basically isn't it um she caught wind of the fact that there was a, a naked calendar charity shoot going on that would have made the front page james bailey's balls are going to be in december yeah that's more exciting than than this story <sighs> tyrone goes and confronts first she's like no no that definitely not me um peter pan and he's like, that's what they said in the article. You definitely, you definitely you that wrote this. Uh, and you said you never read it. And she's like, yoinks. Oh, no. Meanwhile, there's a man skulking around who looks like he could be casing the joint, but actually just wants to buy a wardrobe because I'm not, I'm honestly not used to anyone buying anything in that place. <laughs> so I was confused that they had an actual customer. Um, oh. is, that, is that Gary? <laughs> is he aged? <laughs> <laughs> Gary's looking well rough. Um, they, yeah, they argue. Fizz stands up for herself. Tyrone, they basically make each other look really awful, have a massive argument. And then for some reason, this guy's been lurking, comes out and he's like, oh, what a woman. Like, if you saw this, this lady... And you, all you knew about her was that she'd gone to the papers about her ex and then she's got the audacity to tell him that he's in the wrong, that she's gone and told everybody about about this story. And they're both shrieking at each other and you're like, wow, she'd make a great girlfriend. <laughs> what is wrong with this guy? He's a lunatic as well. He likes to live dangerously, this bloke, doesn't he? He comes out and he's like, guess what? I don't have anywhere to put my clothes. And she's like, I don't, what, what's that got to do with me? And then he says, well, I'm on the naked calendar. <laughs> She, he says, well, I would quite like to buy a wardrobe. And she's like, oh, yeah, we sell furniture. Um, I'll get you some. How about that? And she's, like, all overwhelmed by how handsome he is and stuff. And then Alina, this is this was, this was the interesting scene. This is the worm turning here. Alina is like, everyone thinks we're a joke, but I'm having a baby and it's definitely going to be a real one. I know I've seen the prop cupboard with all of the little one babies, but my one's going to be a real baby. <laughs> Um, She's going to put the record straight, isn't she? She's going to show them that we're not a joke. So Tyrone's like, whatever you say, dear, goes to Daniel, has summons Daniel to the pub. And Daniel's like, yeah, I've got nothing else to do. I mean, I'm not doing private tutoring and uh, and working part-time doing something and also being a teacher. What's he doing at the moment? I, last time he was, he was still, supposedly, I thought, working at the bistro as a waiter. I don't oh, think I don't he's think been he fired. I well, he definitely he's had a job recently. Well, he also writes for the paper, which is why Tyrone yeah. wants him there. And he says, I want a comeback article. Set the record straight. And Daniel... Oh, he's doing his PGC, isn't he? I said that. Oh, I didn't think... I forgot about that. Yeah, he's going to be a teacher in September. Mm, good luck. Um, Daniel says, listen, no matter what you say, there's no way you can twist any of this to make you look good. You've basically left your You're living the dream, mate. Yeah, you, yeah, he says, you've left your girlfriend with two kids, gone off, shacked up with your younger, better looking woman and got her pregnant like within a month. And how is this going to make it look like you've been wronged by Fizz's article? And he's like, oh, well, if you're not going to help me, I'm going to do it myself. I don't know what he, that he's saying there. Is he going to write an article himself and send it to the Gazette or? The Gazette will love it. They'll print it. They can they can illustrate it with that beautiful picture that they've got of them by an exploding car. <laughs> anyway, at the end of the day, the guy comes back and says the, the wardrobe, ginger, bloke, ginger wardrobe man. The wardrobe was great, fits all my clothes in it. To be honest, I would prefer if there was a rail at the top because at the moment they're all folded at the bottom. 
but I'm a man and I don't care about things like that. But what I do care about is a shag. Would you like to go out for a drink? Yes. And she goes, oh, yeah, I would actually. Oh, what do you think of him? He seems a bit old for her. I think he's the, I mean, he is a, a big strapping lad, isn't he? He, he is. looks to me he like... He looks like the most Scottish person ever. Like, <laughs> no. why isn't he Scottish when he opens his <laughs> mouth, surely? <laughs> he, he also to me He looks... just needs a sparring and a kilt. And some, yeah. He looks to me like um, a cross between Chesney and Kirk. Do you think? Yeah. No, I think, I think he looks... But big. Yeah. He, he just looks like he should be tossing cavers to me. I can't get the image out of my head. I think you've been watching too many cartoons. Maybe. With the most stereotypical maybe, maybe he and Fizz can get together and have some lovely Celtic-looking children together. Why not? Why don't they... They should move to Aberdeen and start a shortbread factory. I, sh- sh- Fizz should, shouldn't Fizz be getting also a sexy younger model? If she, if she wants, wants to try to, get revenge. to improve, Or maybe she should go... She should be like... Get a millionaire. Maybe he is. Would a millionaire be buying a second-hand wardrobe for his well, you flat? Well, you don't make your millions by, you know... Maybe he's getting like... everything from John Lewis, do you? <laughs> maybe he's like... Who's that robot? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> I always wear the same clothes. Maybe. Anyway, he's seen quite Oh, Material quite objects chap. are just a distraction from stealing everyone's personal data. I'd still, I'd still prefer Fizz and Tyrone to get back together at the end no. of this. I know you wouldn't, but um, I don't think it's necessarily time for Fizz to move on. I think she needs to show that she can be a strong, independent woman. But oh well, a strong, independent woman who don't need no man, but also is going to go on a date with this bloke. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think that she needs to go with him. Oh. But oh well, it just adds a complication, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you, th- do, you, do you think that she was right to talk Personally, to the paper? Personally, I think this is actually another undercover journalist. He's playing a longer con than Chris, who couldn't uh, literally last a second before she was like, I'm secretly a journalist! Yeah. Do you think that Fizz, do you think Fizz is right for talking to the paper? No, what a stupid thing to do. Yeah. And also, again, I mean... Did she get paid for it? I, I don't... Listen, Probably. I don't know. Some people get paid for things and some people don't. And I never have worked out. I just, I, you know, I've been sent over these weeks. I don't like it whenever Fizz does something that could be construed as being, you know, getting one over Tyrone, even though she is within all rights to do so. But If she really wanted to isn't get... Isn't it silly that she thought that she could get away with just changing the names and nobody would realise? But the thing is, yeah, because it's the Gazette. It's like the local paper. Yeah, that they all get. That they everybody reads and everybody knows about. It's not like... And this is the thing. If she'd written into one of these weird magazines that you, like... You know, they they're all the, they all look the same. They're like Hire magazine, and they've all got these really bizarre like headlines on the front. They're the sort of they're the sort of magazine that would buy, like give her a hundred quid to like slag off Tyrone in it. You know the ones I mean, like yeah. a hamster shagged my nan and haunted smarty ruins my wedding. Yeah, that's you know like left for I mean left for younger women doesn't really fit on that because. <laughs> Um, I tell you what's the most newsworthy thing that happened this week that should be on the Weatherfield Gazette. They had a scene in the factory with three ladies sewing. Oh, I know. It's and and Carla's there. Carla's there going, Sarah, 
This is the first time that they've been on the machine. I know you can tell Carla's back in charge, aren't you? They're no wonder we're not getting sewing. any orders out. Literally, Izzy was the only one doing it, and she's working from home, <laughs> being molested by her neighbour. What's going on with that storyline? That's gone quiet. That has gone bizarrely quiet. I want to find out what's going on with the adventures of, of Izzy and Fergus. A lot of people think that she's being coerced by him. I don't know. I think it's a bit too soon for that to be honest, because we just had the coercion storyline. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, nice to see some sewing scenes because it felt it was, like It was, honestly, it felt very jarring and kind of um, like, Who oh. was it? It was Beth, Sally, Fizz, wasn't it, I think. <sighs> Quite nice. And there was also Sorry, an extra in the back too. Um, we had, we had, there was, there was a blonde extra, wasn't there? We also had Dirk in, I think he was in every episode this week. <gasps> well, at least every day he was in there once. Um, and then also, yeah, we had this next storyline on Friday, which literally can be summed up as... Natasha says that Nick, you can look after Sam tonight because he's supposed to go for a sleepover and I've arranged to go out with my mates and now the sleepover's cancelled. So can you have Sam? And Nick says, Brilliant, I love Sam, let's buy him a blender and now he's gonna have the best best <laughs> like, weekend so ever. We're gonna like... have a blender bender together. <laughs> I, if I was Natasha, I'd be like, I wouldn't normally ask this, but you have had him nearly shot by gangsters twice. I'm sorry I need to ask this question. Are you going to chop him up and blend him? <laughs> I need to ask. I just need to ask. But, I yeah. just need to hear you say it, Nick. I am not going to blend Sam up in my blender. <sighs> he wouldn't do that. He loves Sam. No, uh, but I can he, just he... imagine him being like, Sam, I love you so much. Chop, chop, chop. <laughs> I can't have him. you know. Now he'll be with me forever. <laughs> Leanne walks in and goes, what are you doing? Is that strawberry milkshake? <laughs> Crap. <laughs> um, anyway, Sam can't come round because the sleepover's back on and Nick's sad. And then Nian eats some cookies. Yeah. I'm assuming that this is the build-up to another for this story this week, but I, I can't say I'm that excited by it because this is another story that just seems to be going around in circles, isn't it? Nick really wants to be Sam's dad and Tasha doesn't really want Nick to be Sam's dad. And then he says, she says, OK, Nick, you can look after Sam for a bit and then Nick does something stupid or gets him into danger or something. And then Tasha's like, why did I ever trust you? This story's not going to get interesting until Natasha cops it. So it just hurry up and happen. Blend her up. Yeah, she needs to go in that blender, doesn't she? She trips and falls. Yeah. into the blender head first yeah and, and nick's like oh no i'm already pressing the button to turn it on <laughs> this is going to ruin the milkshake um right that was wow. this week that was a we week. were a bit flippant about this week's episodes weren't we i i took the serious stuff unseriously i made a massive mountain of out of a molehill no offense steve of the naked calendar what did you think you <sighs> I, uh, I, uh, it wasn't two, the thing is two um two slices of ham on the turn this week as well oh my this. god that wound me up as well what you asked me the other day whether yeah. i'd have a slice of ham if it was on the turn and I said, no what did i say to you i can't even remember i asked you posed a conundrum that involved ham on the turn i can't remember but i said i didn't really like slices of ham so i probably wouldn't have that one of my most hated things is going around someone's house and they give you food and you eat it and then they go, oh, I'm glad that you had that because that needed eating up because it was going off. <laughs> and you think, why did you tell? Like, I am really, I don't like eating things, especially meat that is going off or past its hour date. It's like one of my things. And I've got friends, like I remember when we went around one of our friend's house who lives in Brighton. Yeah, that's Katie. no. And their dad was like, I'm just going to chop all the mould off the cheese 
and now it's as good as new. <laughs> and here's the birthday pavlova. It was on offer because it went off yesterday. And I'm like, I don't need to know. Sit I down, don't guests. Want... Yeah, literally. I, yeah. I understand that cheese is edible when you cut the mould of it, but I don't really want to be seeing it prepared in front of me as the honoured guest of the family served the cheese without mould on. So I know that makes me fussy, apparently, an elitist. That's but anyway, I'm that really annoyed me. Too, but I mean, it, it could be lower. I don't know why I'm not going lower, honestly, because I, I really didn't find that much to enjoy this week. But I'll go two, because one, <sighs> one and a half sounds bad. I've been. What about you? See, the thing is about this week is that it's one of those ones where I can't put my finger on what went wrong. But as it was unfolding the week in front of me, I just couldn't... I'd, it didn't make me angry. Nothing was interesting that really that much, and it's it all was, a bit. Was it the characters that were involved? With it? I, I really like Todd, and Todd was quite yeah. a big player this week. Um, I like I like Ryan. Ryan was quite an important character this week. Quite like Emma a lot actually. So maybe I, I don't know. Don't but, know what went wrong, the, but it was it was a bit dull. So I'm going to give it two packs of bog roll in one day, which is about <laughs> how many I go through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we we did go through a lot of toilet roll in this house, don't we? It's I, because I, don't I it's not me because I'm at school it's most. It's because of I'm the a time. lady and I drink a lot of tea. Okay, I had to tidy it. We our, our bathroom bin was overflowing <laughs> with bog rolls the other week, wasn't it? I don't Last throw weekend. the bog rolls away. It was, I, I, we we had tens of bog rolls just on our bathroom floor, but it's all gone now. Oh, I'm getting the stare. Right, time to move. <laughs> oh no, character of the week. We've got our character of the week this week. Who could it be? I want to just say, I score myself one out of five this week. One human iPods out of five because I've just been moaning and I apologise. Oh, I don't, I don't mind, don't mind. I've been annoying myself a little bit. I'm sorry. Um, no. <sighs> Character of the week. Um, Ugh. Um, it's a hard one, isn't it? Maybe. <laughs> That's what Curtis said. Uh... I literally don't know. I am going to give it to uh, the shattered pony that was incinerated <laughs> and is about to be turned into a diamond. I'm going to give it to, to Mr. Middleton. <laughs> yeah. Just because he made me pack up and watch him. See, the thing is, you were saying, oh my God, God what the hell is going on? Was. But he was like, you know, he gave it his all. He did give it his all this week, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Middleton and the incinerated shattered pony <laughs> are our characters of the week. <laughs> Could do better Coronation Street, but we still love you, really. There's lots of news this week, so I think it's time we moved on. I think so. So, what is in the news this week? Gemma, item one. Oh, dear. Have you guys heard of COVID? What is that? Because it is on the loose again. Even, but somebody better tell her, it's Freedom Day on on Monday. Boris Johnson is in denial, but I think... Pretty much everyone else in the country is pre- is still aware that the pandemic is not finished by a long shot, and uh, the it's, it's variants still causing, are getting more causing and more. a number of numerous of us to you know have to do things a little bit differently and get in the way of just living a jolly good normal life, including the people at Coronation Street. If the articles in the press are to be believed, so where did you get this from? The Sun has reported that apparently Corrie and Emmerdale filming has been disrupted by an alarming increase in COVID cases. I'm not sure whether this one was originally from The Sun, but I'm sure The Sun you probably... You need to source these, and I've told you that before. I saw it in a number, numerous places. Yes, apparently, appar- John Whiston, who's the um, ITV in the North head, yes. he used to be something different. 
And they just, you know, it's changed just, their job titles every time they want a pay rise, don't they? These oh, people, these execs. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he has apparently emailed all the cast and crew to tell them to be careful and stick to precautions, which is a very good idea because we don't want Coronation Street going into another lockdown again. Obviously, they had their two weeks off at the beginning of the year, and I don't think that was necessarily because of people having COVID or anything. I don't think we really got to the bottom of exactly what that was about. But nobody wants. I was probably just two, setting everything up. Excuse me, that little bub. Michael, why the hell? <laughs> uh, I, nobody wants Coronation Street to have to stop. So I really, really hope that um, there aren't too many rampant cases in the cast and crew. But this is all allegedly reportedly stuff anyway. So again, just like the other stuff from YouTube earlier, don't sue us. There was there was definitely something in the sun um, that, uh, that expanded on this and said that apparently, allegedly, reportedly, some cast and crew are refusing a vaccine. An ITV insider allegedly reportedly apparently spoke to the sun and said, it is, of course, everyone's personal choice whether they are vaccinated or not. On both soaps, there's a handful of cast members as well as in production staff who say they won't be vaccinated and that is up to them. However, there is a matter of collective responsibility and in an industry where the cast and crew groups are small, a positive COVID test can cause real production nightmares. There's also the matter of giving the virus to older people who, despite being vaccinated themselves, are still at risk of infection. What do you think about that? Because I think... It's hard because people do... It's not the place for me to talk about all my personal opinions. Well, this is what the news is saying, everybody. Um, I think it would be... Yeah, I think it'd be a shame if they had to stop production. So please, everybody, get a vaccine. But sadly, even if you get a vaccine, you can still get COVID, can't you? Because I know somebody who's been double vaccinated and they just got undiagnosed with COVID this week. So that's a bit rubbish. But every little helps. And before I dig myself into a hole any further, I'm going to move on. Only as well to say that apparently Bill Roach has been back to work this week because we know that he's had a lot of time off. You know, Ken in Southampton doing his cartwheels down here. Um, and that is after um, COVID, well, because of COVID-related issues. But apparently he's been back filming this week, so that's jolly good. I guess we will see him on our screens in about September, Gemma. Can't wait. Can't wait, Gemma says. Lisa George has been busy over lockdown. We've seen her in Coronation Street just recently. Um, and the news, this is from The Sun, I've sourced this one. She has um, had an interview and she's been getting up to lots of clever, geeky, nerdy stuff. She's, she's, she's been doing diplomas, Gemma. She's been getting qualified. What have you done during lockdown? I made us buy a bunch of courses online for marketing and then I didn't look at oh them. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. We did, didn't we? Yeah. We did. We, what were they even? I don't know. Yeah, we, we signed up for some online social media marketing type yeah. courses, didn't we? And we haven't done them. Well, this George has gone one step further than that and actually done them what she says is I've actually kept myself so busy and made sure I kept my routine of getting up at seven o'clock every morning during the first lockdown I was so diligent and spent a lot of time doing all the restoration pieces that I've been wanting to do for ages but never had the time what the, what, and restoring what um art furniture um busts of Queen Victoria yeah something like that She's found the lost episode of Coronation Street. And I've done three diplomas, she says. I saw a course on the history of Native America, so I did a diploma in that. And I got a distinction. She's such a show-off, that Lisa George. I want to do diplomas. (laughs) Then I did a diploma on the history of the Tudors. Nice one. Classic. I'm really obsessed with the Tudors. Is that the TV show she's talking about there? Because that doesn't necessarily translate into um, educational qualifications. And then I did another diploma, Henry VIII and the Six Wives, because I know quite a lot about him. So do you, Michael. I did. Half of my History A-level was all about Henry VIII. So me and, me and Lisa George can maybe meet up sometime and talk about who's Chat our favourite wife. Who is your favourite wife? 
got to be Anna Cleves, hasn't it? I like Catherine Howard. <laughs> um, Lisa says you have to do 150 hours for each diploma. It's sounding less um, like a good idea now. Can you now. just do it straight all the way through? Do you, do, and do, can you Plow sleep on. through this? <laughs> um, from further, further education, further adult education centre. And she's currently halfway through an interior design course, which I this. love. Well, that'd be good for if we eventually get to move house. And yeah, we, we can new, design the inside design of it. We want. Yeah. yeah. She says it has been good for her brain and she has always been a bit of a geek. <laughs> good for her it's been good because obviously she's not been able to be on Coronation Street it... um, very much over the past year so I'm glad that she is bettering herself and not just <laughs> sitting around you've got Colson doing his running yeah. you've got Lisa doing her brain boxing yeah and I good just job. sat on the sofa and got drunk you were you you had a couple of months on furlough that you you kicked back you I wasn't on rest. furlough the whole year that's no, no, true no, yeah, I did work I did work I'm working very hard yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway Good job, Lisa George. Also, is it being a geek or being a nerd? She says geek. I know, but the the you know the true official meaning of the word geek is nothing that well, anyone wants to be associated with. It's um something quite uh, carnival, isn't it? Biting the head of a chicken. Yeah. Live chicken. I assume she has not been doing that. I've always been. I've always enjoyed um, savaging live poultry. Yeah. I don't know what that's got to do with diplomas, though. <laughs> um, Congratulations, that's very good. I um, Obviously, everybody who has wasted the last year and a half is furious with you, but um, I want a diploma in Henry VIII. I just think it. What? What's the... What? Get your hand Oh, no. Mouth. No, don't worry about it. Good. Ignore it. I will. Non-COVID related news time, this everybody. Is really long news, the actually. TRI... No, it's not too bad. I'm hungry. No, we're only seven minutes in. TRIC Awards nominations have just come out in the last couple of days. They're the fancy posh ones. Four. Um, I asked you what this meant earlier. Television, radio. International and... Cricket Awards. Yes. And there's a ceremony going on on the 15th of September. I don't think you can vote. Can you vote for these? I don't know. I haven't looked into this. Are you in the, the Association for Television, Radio and International Cricket? Because if you're not, you have got absolutely no say in this. I don't... That's really bad. Tell me who's I should have looked this up. I know you should have done Soap it. of the Year, Coronation Street is going up against Casualty, S. EastEnders, and Emmerdale. Sorry, Hollyoaks and Doctors, you didn't make They've the grade this time. They've never invented a new soap that's stuck, have they, since Emmerdale? No. No, no um, Holly, who's, who's yeah, the... Oh, yeah, Hollyoaks is, is, is the when new was one. was invented? 90s, it's got a 90s vibe to me, it I does, think. It? Yeah, but um, yeah, sadly, Family Affairs, also not included here. Also not still going. Brookside. Uh, is there a soap... That is named not after a location. Oh, well, in America, there are plenty, no. aren't there? Well, we're not talking about Americans, are we? Doctors. Mm. Although I say I have been to the doctors. So. <laughs> <laughs> Where have you been? Doctors. <laughs> I've been to the doctors with an apostrophe, and the doctor's soap is non-apostrophized. Okay, excellent. So, actor, right, everybody, if we can this vote is, for this... Um, we need to, you need to get our heads together and sort out what's going on here because we cannot let Danny Dyer win this. Tell me he's nominated. Soap Actor Award. Yeah. We've got Danny Dyer yeah. versus Shane... Shane... Shane Not Danson. Shane Ward. Shane, Jane Danson yes. and Shelley King. You yes, see my confusion? that's right. Jane Danson and Shelley King facing off against Danny Dyer, oh. the swaggering king of BBC Soapland. I'm Danny Dyer. And, and Another award for mantelpiece. Man, apparently he's been quite good this year, I've been told, but that doesn't mean anything to me. No. He can't win. No. Don't make him win. Don't let him win. 
we need to, you know, all gang up and go down to the TRIC head offices somehow. I I don't care whether it's Jane or Shelley that win this one. I'm a bit, bit I'm a bit worried about the fact that, you know, split the vote. If there is a vote, I don't think there is a vote. Oh, but come on, it can't be Danny Dyer, can what it? What kind of, he just what can't. Kind of plots did he get up to? Do you know? What was it? Oh, what? Was, oh what's... no! So I put my socks in the jumble dryer in the laundry. Maybe this year, and only one of the socks came out. I think he's had fairly dramatic stuff, but I can't remember. <laughs> but is it as dramatic as losing a child? Yeah, and having your child. other child doing drugs. Yeah, and also going on the run and being in hiding? Yeah. Probably not. Has it been... Is it as dramatic as being chased upon the roof by your abusive husband? control. No. And watching a man be pecked to death. Yeah, and then, and then, moving in with Elaine and Kathy and finding a mouse in your house. Exactly. That is not as bad as that. That was, that was quality drama. Yes, and Jane and Shelley have summed up all their most... The, the, from the depths of their souls, their acting talent to portray these amazing stories on our screen this year. So that is why they should it definitely, definitely win and not win. Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer. Oh man, I'd be so mad at Danny. Well, I don't, I don't, care, really. don't care, really. Yeah. Go Shelley, Shelley and Jane. Finally. You can't say that the only reason you want them to win is because that you hate Danny Dyer. Because... They, they both deserve it. To, I can't compare. I haven't seen Danny Dyer in anything. I pride myself on this. Can I just say, this is probably really rude... Danny Dyer's never going to listen to this. And if he does, I don't know what he would be able to do about it. He doesn't strike me as a particularly, as somebody who is talented at anything. (laughs) Apparently, apparently he's quite good. I don't know. He can't get all these award nominations without being quite good. Unless he's just intimidating all the people who are coming up with all the shortlists for every single soap award that's going. I've seen clips of him crying. Yeah, but I mean, that's I think that's the shouting. Man, men are allowed. Is it just because he's a burly man and everyone's like, "Oh, a burly man is crying"? I don't know. He's acting. Long-time listeners will know of this he's podcast. He's probably just will imagining know the, the long-standing. What his tax bill is, and then it, the tears come. <laughs> oh, my money's going to helping put the bins out. I bloody ate it. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine, really. No, I'm sure really. he's fine. I mean, we saw him once, didn't we, in real we life? Have, we have seen him. And I, I went, think we've seen him more than once in real life. I went, life. oh, it's Danny Dyer. <laughs> it's Danny Dyer. And everyone was going, oh my God, Danny Dyer's here. And I was like, I, look, I really do not, like, do I we I have not, got a photo it, of myself. Can I just ask a question? Is, is then anyone comparable in Coronation Street? Because I really don't think there is. I think that Danny Dyer is I'm like... I'm Simon Gregson. Oh, calm down, it's me, Jack Pooh Shepherd. <laughs> I don't think, I think we've got like... We've got people that are iconic, like, you know... Um, We're very sophisticated no, in but Coronation listen Street. to what I'm saying. You know, like, um, uh, who plays Gail? Helen Worth. Like, Helen Worth, like, she... Like, they all come out and they're, like, movie stars, aren't they? Because they don't really interact with the crowd. They're just kind of like, oh, we're fa- famous, and like, they breeze into the awards. And then you've got people who are more down-to-earth and come out and, you know, because they're more recent. They haven't been in it since 1970-whatever. But I don't think we've got anybody like Danny Dyer who just like takes over the whole. We, I, I've, I've like, got... I don't literally know anybody else who's in EastEnders. I just know Danny Dyer. I know. I know that we saw him once when we went to the Soap Awards. And he was kind of jumping around and, and oh, yeah, you know, being centre of attention kind of thing. And then the another Soap Awards we went to, he was doing his autographs and stuff yeah. when we were up against the railings in Manchester. And yeah. I got a photograph of myself looking very blasé with Danny, <laughs> Danny Dyer, Dyer in the, the background. background, and everyone's going, "Danny Dyer, I can't <laughs> believe it." I'm sure he's charming and dapper and wonderful I'm and sure talented. I'm sure he's a lovely chap. And really. handsome and rich. 
richer but than I will as ever I say, be he in is my our, life. He is our nemesis. Yeah, you've got to have a nemesis, haven't you? Long standing. And also, it's also nice if you, if you're famous, you've got to have you've got to have people that hate you for no reason. Yeah, that shows that you're proper famous, doesn't it? Anyway, good luck. Coronation Street Good people. Luck, Danny Dyer. But not Danny Dyer. No. Final bit of news this yeah. week. I had to include this. Helen Flanagan has been talking to OK Magazine, Gemma. I wonder if we've got any D- Danny Dyer fans. I'm sure we do. I'm sure we do. But they don't mind. They know we're only it's joking. It's a joke. It's, it's a tradition. What's Helen Flanagan been saying? Well, I can't do the quote, can I? I'll just invite Helen Flanagan to come over here and she oh, can do it herself. Oh, me round. Oh, yeah, you're not Helen Flanagan. I was just Helen... taking the mick out. <laughs> Helen, I don't even remember what she's been talking about. I, I, wrote, I copied this into the notes about five days ago. She, she spoke to OK Magazine. Oh, yes, this is about coming back to Coronation Street. To hear about her work-life balance. Right. I'd love to go back because, of course, I want to achieve things for myself. But I have to put my children first. Mm. They're at the ages where they have so many activities. And while I can get childcare, my children want me a lot of the time. There's obviously lots of things I'd like to pursue work-wise. I'd love to do theatre and drama. Hopefully, if I get the right role in the right theatre, I could work it around the kids. Whereas sometimes with Coronation Street, it can be too tiring with the airs. That's a, that's a shame, isn't it? That is a shame. She has said she wants to go back. You Coronation can't. Street has got the door open for her, you they've said. You can't have it all these days, can you? No, it's been a long time since the Flanagan has been on Coronation Street. It's Wait been like till your children years, are teenagers like and they now. hate you and they don't want you to be anywhere oh, near them. I love Rosie so much. We haven't got Rosie or Sophie. I'd have them no. both back, but especially Rosie. They've both got kids now. They don't care about you. Every, like, six months or so, she talks about coming back and we go, ooh, 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 I hope she's coming back. Oh, she's, you know, boyfriend's not doing his footballing quite so far north anymore. Oh, she's moved back round, you know, closer to Manchester. Oh, she's, she's saying maybe the time is right soon. Oh, my children are grown up now, but it never seems to happen. It also doesn't help that she keeps having new ones. Such a com- comeback tease, Helen. Come on, come on. You wouldn't That's have to it. do with yourself. That's it. Maybe. Maybe Helen Worth has said it's so there's only one there's Helen only much on space show. for one Helen in here. Yeah. And it's me, darling. I was thinking earlier when you were talking about Helen Worth, I was thinking that maybe she should do the L'Oreal adverts. I can imagine yeah. her there flicking her hair around and saying, because I'm Helen Worthard. That would be a catchphrase. She's also got bloody great hair. She has got Everybody's got hair. really great hair on that show. Yes, it's not realistic enough. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> They have, Done. They have people. Done, Done the news. We, we waffled on far too long yeah, for the news. Sorry, everybody. You just wanted to know what's been going on. Well, you probably already we know just, because you read it when it happened. We're just digging a hole for ourselves for when we meet Danny Dyer. Well, it's a good job we did that Courage Royal Connections thing because we haven't even done a podcast since, the, well, you know, a normal podcast since the Queen's arrived, have we, in yeah. Weatherfield. So we'd have been talking for ages if we hadn't Danny done that. Because Danny Dyer's also well. related to the, to the royalty, is, isn't, isn't he? He has got royal roots, yeah. Indeed. Well, my friend has got Plantagenets in his... Um, family tree about how many of them seven or eight of them oh yes we did have a look at the Charlie's family tree the other day didn't we yeah Yeah. very posh maybe he's related to Danny Dyer as well Um, maybe yeah he actually could be I was just thinking to myself the sad and tragic thing here is that you're showing me your Plantagenet birth right and it's very impressive and I would love to have kings and queens in my uh, family tree but I think they'd be really ashamed of you hanging out with me because I'm fairly sure that my great grand great great grandma was was a gypsy, <laughs> <laughs> and that's not that far back. <laughs> I cursed your great great grandma. Well, yeah, because my my nan told me that I've got boyfriend. the power of the evil eye, and she said I'm not allowed to use it on people, but I did. She does. I did use, use it on somebody, and it did. It worked. Really? Yeah, it did. Mm. It all went wrong. <laughs> 
Shall we do some feedback? Because I, I, I seem to think we have quite a lot this week. Yeah. Let's let Let's other do people feedback. do the talking yeah. for a little bit. Why not? Right then, so feedback. We have got um, our Facebook group school, as always, to start our feedback section. And 2.86 out of 5 was what they scored at last week. So not a very popular week. I'm looking forward to seeing what this week gets. Um, this is one of the things that we've I've enjoyed more about Coronation Street being back to the normal schedules and everything. We've been able to see people's reactions as the episodes have come on TV. It doesn't seem to have gone down too well. Yeah. Especially it- Wednesday's episode, people didn't really enjoy but I, don't know, I just thought it was all not so good. What were you going to say? I was just going to say that um, the feedback stuff is better now because some people were not talking about it when they watched it because they wanted everyone else to watch it, but then you lose the enthusiasm. Yeah. Like, I really, really want to talk to people about the Sophie Toscan Duplantier murder in West Cork, and I've listened to the West Cork podcast twice all the way through now and I've watched the Sky News documentary Murder at the Cottage and I've also watched the Netflix documentary and I've spent hours and hours and hours and I just need to talk to people about it but I just know by the time everybody's caught up with where I am I'll be like oh, that was last Can't week Can't talk to me about it I'm oh, afraid I don't no, know I don't what know. you're talking about <laughs> Carrie's gave last week's episode three pairs of poorly stitched knickers out of five Fiona two naps before a boring publican meeting out of five but my pick of the week was Richard who gave it three rain living blue tits out of five thank you very much everybody as always who has voted on a facebook thank group thank you everyone now we've got lots of uh, got lots of feedback this week and one is from susan about susan sent us two emails this week so i've merged them oh. and um she's fallen into a trap that a couple of people have this week she said don't <laughs> judge me remember i am from new zealand we'll be gentle but for a while i wondered why conversation street branding was a seagull with whiskers I need to look at this. It doesn't look like a single message. Suddenly it dawned on me. There were ducks from the mural and headphones. Yeah. So I, I, I don't... We've had this a few times. We've had lots of people. <laughs> a duck with whiskers? No, look, if what? you look at the full... If you look a at the seagull. full logo, it's obviously what? the ducks. But if you're just looking at the... The, the podcast cover. What was the other Pete, one? Somebody said it looked like a witch at one point. Oh, yeah, a witch on a broomstick. Something like that. It's ducks. It's ducks, everybody. It makes sense. She says, I loved your reflections on 2021. Thank you, you're back on my good books now. I agree the storyline Reef isn't our own is intriguing, but I've got a feeling that when New Zealand had the catch-up episodes of 20 years and 20 minutes, um, you know what I mean, there has there was this story that we missed when either Fizz or Tyrone had had a bit of an upset. We didn't know the backstory, only that they just got back together. Am I making this up? So this is in 2018, Gemma, when um, New Zealand caught up to the UK pace. And do you remember they had this... Um, this TV show that was that's like here's everything that happened in the year and a half that we're just skipping over and I think this was around about the time when maybe it was when like was it when Hope was playing up and when they were having their arguments about she's not my daughter this is my daughter I I think it was I think this because I don't think it was related to um the Tyrone Seaborn with Gemma I think it was after that or maybe it was around the time they had quite a lot of like minor mishaps. Maybe it was to do with Evelyn there and was, Evelyn not liking Fizz and there, Tyrone welcoming her into the home. I there was also now. the bit where they were hoarding rubbish in their garden. Yeah, it wasn't that. They have had a fair, a fair few fallouts over the years. They were fairly minor. I mean, you know, everyone's not enough for Tyrone child, to go off with Alina. Everyone's child has set fire to trampolines. Oh, maybe it was to do with that. Yeah, I don't know. It's just the thing that it's one of those grow, growing. They've not pens. had a completely smooth relationship. Let's just say. 
Yeah. Um, so she also says that um, I know that we're behind, but we've just I've just watched this scene where Alina was in a mood. Uh, she really had scene? a go at Tyrone. You're scared of Fizz, you're scared of Grandma, and you're scared of me. Tyrone was desperate to get back into our good books. He was so relieved when the leader rewarded him with a sunny smile and suggested they went out. Um, so this is how it all started with the Kirstie too. So, and this is Susan's theory here, maybe the unusual storyline of Kirsty dying is to set the stage, remind us all what happened. Maybe Alina will become controlling and manipulative too. I think we may all look back and rethink how she was with Seb. I think that slowly but surely, Alina will become abusive in an even more subtle way than Jeff. But nevertheless, we the viewers will see Tyrone sink into despair. Who will help him this time? Hmm? And perhaps I'm overthinking this. What do you think about that? Is Alina going to become a manipulative, abusing, controlling, abusing, controller. <laughs> I don't think so, but it's an interesting theory. And if it wasn't for the fact that um, it would be just, a feel like, a very repetitious, repetitious storyline, I'd quite like to see that scenario play out. But what I think, where the, I think this is heading is just Alina um, trying to make Tyrone fight like she, I, i'm pretty sure she's going to now we've got this storyline with her and uh and tyrone versus fizz in the papers and she's like we have to fight back i'm pretty sure this is the beginning of alina like taking the gloves off not bothering she's she's tried she thinks she's been very civil and um kind to people she can't see that she's done anything wrong now she's been wronged herself I think that she is going to try to rinse Fizz for everything she's got. I'm pretty sure she's going to turn for those kids and Fizz out of the house at some point, or try to, I, I think or try that, to make them sell the house so they can get the money. I, I think that Tyrone's going to try and drag his feet and and you know be be the good man in all this, but Elena's going to be saying no, no, no. We need to rinse a friendly penny, every uh, penny she's do, got, and I mean, do, or do you still love her or something? And he's just going to. You blindly have to go along with it, maybe. I don't know much about narcissists and um, the difference between being in a relationship with one of those and being in a relationship with somebody who controls you. But I'm pretty sure that one of the hallmarks of... Not that I think Alina is like this, but one of the hallmarks of being in a relationship with a narcissist is that they alienate you from all of your friends. And they turn... They make out that it's you and them versus the world. And really, that's what Alina has done. Because... Tyrone not living in the same house as his children. His grandma has taken his girlfriend's side. Even Daniel, who's like an um, a bystander here, is like, look, Fizz is right in this relationship. Elena's relationship with Tyrone has cut almost all of his bonds, really. And yeah, now he's still he's got Kev, doing, hasn't he? But he's what? He's still got Kev on his side. Kevin kind is not of. really an ally in any sense <laughs> of the word. Um, now, Tyrone is starting to view the world as him and Alina versus everybody else, which is one of those danger kind of like folie de sort of things where you, you get sucked into this persecution complex. I don't think Coronation Street is getting as deep as that into all of this, but I'm pretty sure that all of us can imagine or have remember, can remember or reflect upon a couple where this has sort of happened and mm. you can see their person like suddenly this their part they've got a new partner and you just never see them again yeah 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 i think you're right thank I you don't know. For... i'm not saying alina's like that. i don't think they're writing it like that but i really do think that 
they she's she, going they to seem force... to be writing her fairly innocently so far, exactly. but getting increasingly peeved about and the I mean, fact that from you know, her she's perspective, being treated as badly by everyone. I consider like I don't agree with her, but if I were to think that I had done nothing wrong, yeah, I certainly wouldn't be happy about. Fizz acting all innocent and then going and telling, selling her story to the paper when it really is not that much of an interesting story either. No. Anyway, Next thank you very email. much for that email. I enjoyed that. And um, very nice to have a New Zealand. Yes, it is. I'd like it to is. go to New Zealand. Zealand seagull. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Don't you have ducks in New Zealand? <laughs> Got a message from Lauren who says she wanted to write a bit of feedback about the Ryan storyline. He says, It has been interesting to see how people have reacted to this story, some noticing Daisy's behaviour and others not. If the roles were reversed, we would all realise straight away that what Daisy did was wrong. For me, many hinted out this was a sexual assault consent story. Like the line that Jenny said to Daisy on that Friday episode, Jenny told Daisy not to drink too much because she doesn't want this man taking advantage of her. The other moment was Alia worrying about where Ryan was and the scene cutting straight to him drunk and Daisy making her move. Also, all the happy little evil smirks Daisy was giving when she saw Ryan drinking. There were times that Alia pointed out to Ryan that Daisy fancied him, so Alia has every right to be upset. I think he just saw it as a friend helping him out and he is so innocent in a way, so I feel Ryan is a good character to do this storyline with and we saw a lot of Daisy testing for weaknesses and twisting them to her advantage. I saw a lot of victim blaming online saying Ryan should have seen this coming but he thought they were friends. Why would he think she would sexually assault him? We don't know what Daisy did. We know that she made the move on him. I don't think they slept together. I think she just likes that she can say whatever she wants because he doesn't remember but he still ended up in her bed. But this must go into a mental health story for Ryan because the fact he will never completely remember what happened and what she might have done is disturbing. There's also a lot of talk about why Daisy is doing this because Ryan doesn't have money or anything. And to be honest, I think she's just doing this because she loves causing trouble. It's also different watching a couple break up and feel sorry for both halves. You know Ryan never made the move on Daisy. To see them not wanting to break up and over Ryan making the move on Daisy that never actually happened is very sad. Usually it's clear we're meant to be backing one of them, but here it all feels very sad. What do you think? Are we supposed to... Are we supposed to be saying, well, you you had it coming, Ryan, you shouldn't let yourself get drunk or... I, 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 I agree I've, with what Lauren's saying here. I guess we are feeling sorry because for... Because they're both blameless, aren't they? But they can't... I think I think Alia would is right, but she's doing it to somebody who doesn't deserve like if this really had happened because Daisy told her that she and Ryan kissed him, we don't actually even know. Mm. And I don't the thing is Alia really you could argue should be smart enough to say Daisy actually manufactured this and took advantage of you. Yeah, but when he goes back the next day and sleeps on the sofa under the same roof, he's he's asking for it, really, isn't he? Victim blaming. <laughs> Lauren says, okay. I, um, I love Ilya and Ryan together. I hope they get back together eventually. Also, just want to say Sarah and Ryan's acting in the breakup scene was amazing, and so was the script. And Ilya said she wants to forgive him, but she doesn't want to become the person checking his phone and going through his pockets. And Ryan's saying, I love you, I don't want to lose you. And Ilya's saying, I'm sorry, but you already have. That was very powerful. You you would, wouldn't you? I suppose. Oh. I've always be wondering yeah. if he's if he's you know it's happened once. Then who's to say it's not going to happen again? Absolutely. The trust is gone. Yep. She says. Lastly, I know we've all had enough of hearing the words 
ITV hub at this point. But I just wanted to quickly say on Twitter, there's quite a big group of us that have actual Corey fan accounts. We're all young, so you could say... The Not audience, like us. Shut <laughs> You say the audience that this ITV... Blah, 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 blah. You could say the audience that this ITV hub idea would apply to... But we all didn't like the idea and we all watched live because we wanted to experience the episodes together and be able to be a part of the community or watching it together. That's really interesting. I mean, lots, yeah, we said so much about this. We've said so much about this already. But like I said, um, Coronation Street and other soaps often measure their success based on social media and also to add, a lot of social media, a lot of uh, news articles are just written about. F- uh, fan account reactions yeah like you know cory fans shocked just to see fizz with new man or whatever and then they just go through and you know i don't know whether the amount of articles like that were fewer i don't know i don't know maybe i don't know either but um it's over for now i just I'm hope sure that they're looking the at it time. going that didn't work i don't think they are i really i think Me i either. think it was went pretty successfully to be honest nancy said this week that um she's not very impressed with billy who is not thinking about summer this week nancy reckons but she reckons that when he finds out about todd's secret he's still gonna forgive him it feels to me like this is going to be the last straw there's been enough of billy forgiving him and i think it's going to be a nice little neat conclusion the thing Next is... Next week, I'm thinking Todd's going to get caught out and Billy's going to take Paul back and say, oh, I'm sorry for ever doubting you, Paul. Marry me instead. Yeah, Can I I'm... just have your ring, Todd, and stick it on Todd's, uh, uh, Paul's finger? I reckon. I don't know. Um, Nancy also enjoyed seeing Izzy um, and thinks there's more to the storyline than what they showed this week and Fergus is a bit of a mystery, definitely. I'm surprised that we didn't see more of that this week. I thought it was the beginning of, you know, a bit of a two or three weeker, but... um. I'm sure it's not going to be too long. Hopefully not before we see Izzy again. Um, Nancy also is glad that we have finally seen the true dark side of Daisy. She says it looked like she was trying to abuse Ryan. I would love to see an Alia and Daisy showdown. It would be great to see Yasmin speaking to Ryan about his experience too. That would be quite interesting. We we haven't had much of a a Yasmin wise woman advice giver of Weatherfield since her little... um, little situation with Jeff have we and maybe to uh to see her have a have a a chat with Ryan about it might be quite good um and Nancy says this is an important story about consent from the male point of view she gives last week's episodes three trying out new drinks out of five and the character of the week is Fergus Gemma what does Rebecca have to say about last week's Corey can I just say something about Nancy's email oh yeah sorry I thought yeah I think that the the sticking point here really the point of no return for Billy is going to be that not only did he mess around and Will's got all this dirt on him, but he's still doing it and he also stole the heat pump. I think Billy's going to be pretty mad about this heat pump. <laughs> the heat pump is the final straw, is it? Honestly, That's the straw that broke the messing, camel's back. It's messing with his work again, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, I, 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 I think he's going to... He's stealing from the church. I yes, mean, that's very true. Billy... It's like stealing from the collection plate, isn't it? There are many reasons to criticise the, you know, the charitable status of religions and say, um, you know, perhaps we could do this without getting God involved. I don't know that um, they're necessarily completely benevolent. You know, we've seen horrible things being done in the name of religion even very recently. But Billy obviously wholeheartedly believes in what he is doing and anybody that's going to stand in, in his way and 
you know, cause problems for his mission to, you know... Uh... Heat the Archdeacon's house. <laughs> well, it's, it's you know, his mission is to spread the word of Christ and love man as Christ did. And then bloody uh, Todd's nicking a heat pump. I mean, there's nothing in the Bible. There's no heat pump in the Bible. <laughs> But if there was one, it would definitely be like, "Thou shalt not steal thy neighbour's heat pump." Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. No, he's gonna he's gonna go to Paul now. But it wouldn't surprise me if he then is back to Todd again. He'll go to Paul he, and say, "Billy and Todd just seem, you know, connected." I I, I like I like Nike, Nick, and Nian. I interrupted you again. He's gonna go to Paul and say, "Paul, all of your anger." was completely justified and now we're together you'll never be angry again so we don't need to worry Mm. about you getting that under control or addressing your drinking problems in any way yeah yeah punching any walls anymore next email rebecca from Gemma reed Rebecca says, as happy as I am that Billy and Todd have got engaged, I'm also on Michael's side that I fear. As soon as the truth with Todd comes out, Billy will go running back to Paul and they will be the ones engaged by the end of the year. They'll be ones married by the end of the year. Regarding, my, my words. Regarding Summer and the medical case, I don't have anything on my case, but I carry a medical card around with me in my purse. So this is that little um, kit of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. diabetes things. I did like the proposal from Todd and I did guess that Todd was going to propose from him hurting his knee. As much as I like the easy story, I tell you what, Rebecca, you must get thrilled when you watch the football and they start rolling around on the floor. <laughs> like, oh, how adorable! Oh, the two different team members, are good. he's going to propose to him! Because it always does seem to happen it when does, the two it, different yeah. coloured jerseys get together. One of them goes down on one knee. <laughs> I've done it where I am now. I did like the proposal from Todd. And I get, oh, no, yeah, I've read that already. You pointed out the wrong bit. I did. As much as I like the Izzy storyline, there are too many factory scenes for my liking this week. I can understand why Colour is doing what she's doing from a business point of view, but I would be on the side of Sarah trying to help Izzy. I also like the use of Lee's boyfriend as the next door neighbour. I think Carla will find out how ill Izzy is and change her mind about bringing her back. Ryan is playing a dangerous game regarding Daisy, although I believe he doesn't think she is interested in him. And because she has now plied him with drink, he is too drunk to say no. Speaking of which, I didn't connect the dots between the warning and what Daisy was doing. I also agree that on Monday we will have Ryan sneaking out of the Rovers and Jenny being like, ooh, Daisy and Ryan are better suited, so if they go together I wouldn't mind, but I didn't like the way Daisy's going about it. I also enjoyed Yasmin this week being supportive and saying she had a Sharif voodoo doll when he left. (laughs) I am expecting Gail to be away for a few months, but maybe return with Jason. (gasps) Sam planting the tree was adorable and also saying he hated PE too. I agree too, Sam. I'm also hoping that George and Eileen get together soon as the dragging out of it is annoying me. Finally, Fizz was also a bit annoying in Monday's episode, but I agree with her saying she is now free to do what she wants. Now, while Tyrone is saddled with Alina being pregnant. Character of the week for me is Todd and I give it three mutual mutual appreciation societies. Of weirdos out of five, which is what this podcast is about. Totally is, totally is. Right, we are nearly done, but we have got a voicemail this week, haven't we, from George. George, um, George who sometimes emails us in, but yeah. this time he is, we get to hear his lovely voice. So, George, um, what have you got to say about Coronation Street recently? Do tell us, please. So I'm just going to go through what I think are the uh, uh, sort of the main stories we've had uh, during the years. So, obviously, with Harpy's... Dr- 
uh, and drugs gang. Honestly, when this story has been a downward spiral for me ever since Harvey got put in jail. Uh, but Leanne was the star, and I could not believe that Sharon gave evidence. Although, Harvey had brought one on himself when he basically had all his goons have a hit round the head. Right, me and Abby, I've got absolutely no clue where it's going, and clearly I don't see us finding out who killed Seb till about, say, October time, because the street won't know until Christmas. But I really did love Nina showing up, Corey up like that in public. I mean, I'm sure we've all pitched ourselves doing that to someone we really, really hate at some point in our lives. But for now, what's quite interesting is how Abby, she's going to play the long game. Probably wise. Uh, but what I love is Todd. One problem, I think the Billy Paul drama is about to put him back down. I want to love him, but... Stop this bloody triangle! It's ridiculous, rubbish, pointless. And it's clearly not what the what the child needs right now. And just finally, Jenny and Johnny, just briefly on this, I don't get why we had a potential buying the Robbers storyline, or because they just split up. It reminds me of when they um first took over and they bought it, and they basically scared. Not just the rest of the residents, but also us. But thinking, oh, are they going to rebramp it? Are they going to change things? And then, obviously, nothing happened. And whilst, like you guys, I really like Jenny. I personally, though, feel she hasn't really suffered for what she's uh, done. Um, she appears to have got the better deal out, out of the two. She's a um, pub owner. You know, she keeps the pub. She gets to stay in the pub. While Johnny's now basically homeless and basically feeling sorry for himself although he's no state either but i just feel jenny's not really suffered enough so that's just my little thoughts on what's been going on um on the cobbles during the euros um take care and i'll see you soon guys thank you george love to hear your voice um Gemma, do you think that jenny has been suitably punished or has, has she got <laughs> away with it as george is suggesting i kind of agree that everything seems to have come out roses, hunky dory for Jenny when she. But then did, I suppose it goes comes down to. You know, is it really, really wrong what she did? I was obviously very angry at the time, but yeah, she seems to be, yeah, come up smelling of roses. What do you think? I I do think it's very interesting that soaps have the, the con- there's a concept that soaps have to punish their characters, and it's you know it's because. As viewers, we crave this kind of justice, don't we? we oh, yeah, want, soap justice. We want to see some karmic retribution for ill doings. But um, they can be tempered somewhat, the punishments, when there's a character that we like. And sometimes characters will be like, do you get away with stuff that they shouldn't really do? So I think that Jenny's not going to really suffer any more bad uh, effects no, from, but I feel from I feel bad too for Johnny because I do he's as well. just like he's gone he's like, away. Oh, he's here now. Where he is. is he? He's gone. Yeah, he's like just a way of getting him off the. And honestly, think about the fact that he is aging. His MS is getting worse, and he has now not got anybody to take care of him. I mean, it was his choice, yeah. kind of, that they broke up here, but he felt that he had no choice because she cheated on him. And um, it's very sad to imagine, like, the great Johnny Connor who came in all those years ago as sort of a blustering businessman to shake up Weatherfield and how commanding he is and, mm. you know, his empire that he used to have, his yeah, factory, his children, end. his girlfriend and wife. 
an ending that, you know, alone in a flat, possibly perhaps dying with nobody knowing for a few days, because... Yeah, poor Johnny. I hope they give I him do feel really bad for him, but, you know, at the, at the end of the day, if you've decided to end a relationship with somebody, um, how responsible are they then for you? Not at all, in my opinion. I, I think it's very nice when you hear these stories about people who, you know, end a relationship, but they continue to care mm. for somebody. But I also think, well... Jenny's punishment is that she has to live with Daisy. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the long the long punishment there. Right, um, that is it for another podcast. Apart from to say thank you very much to our latest patron, who is Matthew. Thank you Mercy very Boku. much for your support. We appreciate it, and we hope that you enjoy the content that we provide for you. Recently, we uploaded a new Patreon. Oh, we episode did. We got a Patreon episode month. on the top five siblings on Coronation Street. We yeah, just re- that recorded that the fun. other day, didn't we? That's um, a good one to do. I yeah. like that. Um, and oh, what's going to say next. Week we are going to have a competition, another competition to oh, yes. win a patron subscription. Yes, you'll find out more about that in and next it's, week's podcast. Yeah, we, it's it's been donated to us again. We're so lucky to have such lovely listeners who like to share these patron subscriptions with people. So we've had another one. We'll tell you about it next week and we'll tell you how you can enter and make sure everyone's got enough time yeah so don't don't and sign I up think... for patreon in the next week everybody because you could win and it. listen again okay listen carefully everybody because this makes me feel bad whenever it happens if you sign up for a monthly payment on patreon at the end of the month you're gonna get charged again at the beginning of the month i think that's how it happens and it makes me feel really bad because I know that some people are like signing up and then like a few days later they're paying the monthly subscription again because it always comes out at the beginning of the of the month. Patreon always like that's how our one works and that's how most of them work. So um if you're really excited, just wait a little bit. Yeah, the best we time don't to sign to... up to Patreon is in the that's first what week I'm trying of to say. Month. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Thank you, Michael. Yes. Um but yeah, it'll always come out at the beginning of the month. And we really appreciate your support. And we're so excited about what we're going to be able to do once we can start getting out and about. I know. We're, we, we, we're, we're amassing mean, this Patreon money at the moment, aren't we? But we, we can't... We, we want to go to Manchester, but we can't really at the moment because we don't know when we're moving. We don't know what's going on with the lockdown, no lockdown, all of this I don't stuff. think it would be prudent... Maybe not. ...to go anywhere at the moment. But also, hopefully, if we get to move house... We might buy some more equipment. This is what we're we're kind of hoping. But at the moment, there's really no point in doing, investing in anything until we've um, yes. done that part. We're saving it for the move. But thank you very much, everybody. You're supporting us just by listening or by um, interacting with us on social media. You can do that with our Twitter account. You can um, go to our Instagram. You can follow us on Spotify. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. You can find us on YouTube as well. We have a website where you can listen to all of the old episodes, which is conversationstreet.podbean.com. And you can also email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Incidentally, should you so wish, that's also our account that you can PayPal. Oh, it is. It is indeed. Not that anybody needs to, but I know some people don't like Patreon or they don't want to sign up for a monthly thing. If you want to send us money for some reason... You're shaking your head, but you some people do. To. You don't need to, no. No. We're, we're loaded. <laughs> we have got enough for the time We've got being. plenty, yeah. We All we really want is to um, 
be able to to fund trips so that we can create content and, and pay the hosting fees and pay the hosting so fees and we've definitely covered that yeah. and of course create lovely gifts for you so don't forget if you're a rovers tier patron you get a free t-shirt this uh, year right yeah, right. I think that's enough plugging and shameless begging. I think it really, really is for the moment. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Now, don't forget, midweek next week is hopefully when the next bonus podcast will come out. I think it might be another character profile next week. I haven't honestly decided yet what's going to be happening. Um, but there is an interview bubbling away that's going to be happening, hopefully, at some point in the next uh, two or three weeks. So keep an eye out for that. But, yeah, it's not going to be next week. But yeah, so um, let, let us know as well. What do you think about this new um, this new structure? We've we put a post up on the Facebook group, and people seem relatively happy with it. So I hope you all are too. Hope it's not messing things up for you, well, and you, you love listening do if, for like, ten hours every week. People weekend. say I don't like it. I don't... No, I'll just give it. I say give it a try. We've only just started. So why are you it. asking people then? I just want people to say it's great. Yeah, you're just yeah. You you <laughs> can you mad at me for saying if you would like to financially reward us for the content that we provide to you which I don't like saying either. You think I'm horrible, but you're just shamelessly begging for adulation and praise. <laughs> oh, also... You can't use praise to buy things in a shop. Also, did you really, really like Coronation Street this week? Was that a five out of five week for you? If so, please, please, please write in and tell us. Um, I'd be interested to hear your reasoning. Also, do you love charity nude calendars and think that they every calendar should be naked... Do you, is your, are the walls of your house adorned with various charity naked calendars? Who's your favourite? Let's face it, all of those BBC Natural World Richard Attenborough ones are all full of naked animals. Yes. Nobody complains about that. Also, did you see, did you see the no. paparazzi shots of the Coronation Street filming this week? <laughs> Ooh, hey. Oh, what are they up to? Yeah, what where are, are they, they up to? Where Who are, knows? Where have they gone? Yeah. And Why? We're not a spoiler podcast though, so that's what you get enough of us. Right, goodbye everybody. See you next time. Tara. Oh dear. Say goodbye. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs>